Blog Talk Radio. Six days of practices are in the books, and we're starting to get to know the 2015 Miami Hurricane football team. Tonight on Kane Sport Live, we will talk about what we have seen and heard in the opening days of fall camp and focus on the topics of most concern to the Canes nation. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports. We will be, we will, we will be on until around 10 o'clock tonight and every Tuesday this month. Then we'll once again expand the show to three hours in September and for the remainder of the season as the opening kickoff of a new year greets us on September 5th against Bethune-Cookman. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Let me go over a new policy that we're going to try to implement tonight in dealing with the phone lines, because from the feedback I'm getting, there's a lot of people that are driving around out there that aren't able to stream the show, which is still definitely the most preferred way for you to listen to the show, and who want to be able to listen on the phone lines. We're going to implement a new system where those who want to speak on the show will push the number one on their keypads, and that will prompt us and let us know that you want to come on the show. Once we get to the point where... Every phone line on the board is taken. At that point, I might ask those who do not want to be on the show to free up some lines for those that do. But until we reach that point, and we will be expanding the number of phone lines in the coming weeks, um, we are now going to allow those of you who are riding around and don't have the capability of streaming the show to listen on the phone as we have phone lines available. So if you want to come on the show this evening, right now, push the number one on your keypad, and that will let us know that you want to speak on the show. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to provide some of the topics and questions that they would like to see addressed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. Have we seen any changes to the defensive scheme in the opening days of practice? Um, any rumblings of a more aggressive approach, more uh, aggressive approach rather, with more man-to-man coverage? What would we attribute Chad Thomas's lack of impact as a true freshman last year to? How does the front seven look so far? And is there one sleeper player who might emerge to be a big-time player this year? For starters, I can tell you something. Kamalu looks like a grown man, okay? If he does not emerge as an impact guy this year, then it's, it's all his fault because Andrew Swayze has that kid in such prime peak condition. Uh, The NFL scouts are going to go absolutely crazy when they look at him through the year and into next spring. And Yufamba Kamalo, uh, he he looks what a Miami defensive lineman should look like. And if you were going to ask me who I think could be a sleeper to have a great year this year, that's one I would throw out. Another one I might mention would be Jelani Hamilton, simply because he just hasn't played much in his career. Another big body that maybe has grown up a little bit and could be ready to emerge this season. Continuing on, does Scott Patchen appear healed after his ACL? How does he look? Is he a candidate for a red shirt? 
exactly what position is Tyreek McCord playing now? Is he a rush end? Is he a linebacker? Um, I think you would officially call him a hybrid linebacker. Uh, they have him playing that hybrid linebacker spot that's such a pivotal um, responsibility in Mark D'Onofrio's scheme. What is the latest with 2016 recruit Patrick Bethel? Uday came and went, and he did not commit. Is he still likely to be a Miami Hurricane? Do we see Mark Walton possibly redshirting and not burning a year of eligibility? I'll answer that right now. There is no chance Mark Walton is redshirting this year. He by far, in my opinion, is the furthest along of anybody in this freshman class. He's making big plays on the practice field every day. And I think Mark Walton not only is not going to redshirt, I think he's going to be a big part of James Coley's offense. Speaking of freshmen, what young guys look like they can contribute right away? Um, I mentioned Walton. I'll give you a couple more. Um, Jackson and Redwine from the defensive backfield, without question, are going to play this year. I think they have a chance to be really strong performers on special teams, and I think they'll get some time in the defensive backfield. And I think more out of necessity than readiness, you're going to see um, – Gauthier and St. Louis from the offensive line get playing time as true freshmen for sure. From there, um, I, I think you know there's a lot in question. I really like what I see of Jamie Gordoner, the linebacker out of New Jersey. Uh, we'll have to see how he progresses, but you know you look at him and he just he looks like a college football player um, ready to go. So he's one that I would definitely keep an eye on here as they move forward in fall camp. Special teams are always the stepchild or the least addressed in team preparation. How much time are they spending on special teams right now? And what can be done to improve the special teams play from last year's disaster? Where is this team better than last year? And where is it in decline? How's the kicking game? Do you think it's a good idea for players to go half speed and three-quarter speed and practice all the time with no live hitting or teamwork? Um, I'll answer that one right now. I really don't know that you could say right now that's the case. Uh, the first few days of practice, uh, they were not in full pads. They were working themselves in. Then they went in shells for a couple sessions. Now they're in full pads and getting into two-a-days. They have a scrimmage on Thursday night. I, I think as they phase in and, and start getting into live scrimmaging on Thursday, obviously there's going to be a lot more live contact than there has been in the early stages of camp. We also had some leftover topics from last week's show that we never touched on. Um, everyone expects the world of Brad Kaya. How does he avoid a sophomore slump this year? Is James Coley going to open up the playbook for him? Is Kaya going to be free to change more plays at the line of scrimmage? I'll answer that one right now, too. James Coley is treating Brad Kaya like he's an NFL quarterback. Brad Kaya has input in plays. When James Coley is going to put something in, he will, on the practice field, stop and say, Brad, do you like that? Um, he is letting Brad Kaya take ownership of this offense. Uh, Kaya is going to have different options for, on different plays at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, coaches promise quarterbacks a lot of things when they recruit them, okay? They'll do anything usually to get players to come to campus. Um, but when – James Coley, and, I, and I'll have a column uh, about this tomorrow on canesport.com, but when James Coley goes out and recruits a quarterback and he tells him, I am going to develop you for the National Football League, those kids can book it because I, I, have, I have not seen in, in recent memory going all the way, and, and, and I, I go way back, um, 
a co- uh, offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach treat a player this early in their career the way James Coley is treating Brad Kaya. And they have great chemistry. Um, they think alike, and, and, it, and it's working really well. Kaya looks great on the practice field. And I'll tell you who else has looked great on the practice field, and that's Malik Rozier, the backup quarterback. And, and you know, you could start to feel a little more comfortable that if anything happened to Kaya, that Rozier can go into the game and, and function as a winning quarterback. And the offense wouldn't take that drastic of a step backward. Um, finishing up here on some of the other topics that we had left over from last week, has Al Golden made enough impact changes in the offseason to right the ship? Is his coaching acumen really that far of an extreme from his public speaking and organizational skills? Is it too late for him to survive at the U? Will Michael Weiss be an improved player and prove that he can play at this level? I have some serious doubts about that one. Are there going to be any adjustments to the defensive scheme? Well, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit earlier um, before. That's another question from this week. Um, is Rafael Kirby going to step up and, and fill the shoes of Denzel Perriman? Will the defensive line attack more? Um, what position besides quarterback and offensive line can least afford a serious injury to a starter? Um, and what will those positions have? a next man up. So th- there's so much to talk about. Obviously, we're only in our second week of Kane Sport Live. Uh, it's the preseason. Uh, so again, the call-in number is 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. If you want to come on the show, press number one on your keypad right now, and we will be alerted that you do want to speak on the show those of you on the phone lines, you're all good right now. Um, if we need you to free up some phone lines, we'll let you know later. Right now, you're all good. So let's start out the evening in the um, – let's go to the 404, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Yeah, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? Man, this is Roland from New Orleans, man. How you doing? Hey, Roland. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I had to, I'm not, not going to keep you because I know you got a lot of it. Carlos calling in, but first question is from your perspective, uh, looking at the team, I know it's six days into the camp. My first question is, what do you uh, see as far as the interior, as far as the D line and O lines? From your, I mean, what you see as far as productivity and just, you see a big difference from last year that you see, I mean, what do you see just uh, in, in general with the, with the O line? Well, right now. Ro- Roland, you know, we, you know, we always keep it real on this show, and, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. stop now. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I've look, I've watched every position group in different at different times in the time that we've been allowed out on the practice field. I bounce around, I go from group to group, and uh, I'm concerned about this football team at the line of scrimmage. You, you know, I, um, I, I see, I see <laughs> predictions. I, I, you know, I, and I understand um, why some people think that this will be one of the more overachieving teams in the country and, and the most improved teams in the country. And, you know, without question, I don't think it's going to be very difficult to improve on six and seven. Um, but I like what I see in a lot of places. I'm not going to tell you I, I'm thrilled to death with what I see, and I'll start on the defensive line. Um, was watching them practice the other day. I, I was very disappointed in the lack of emotion that I saw, and and you know we're at the point now we're not allowed out there every minute of practice anymore. Um, you know we only get to watch like the first maybe 20 minutes or so. Um, we did get to watch a whole practice the other day, um, but 
obviously the defensive line was a spot that I paid a lot of attention to, and and I just I don't like the tempo at which they practice. I don't I don't like uh, the 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 what I perceive as you know a lack of emotion and intensity, and and you know maybe now that the pads are on that'll get that'll get elevated a, a little bit. But you know to me that def- especially those defensive tackles are are one of the key spots on this team that have to step up and get better. Um, to my eye. I'm not sure I'm seeing that. You know, we'll know more in a few weeks. But I, I'm not sure I could sit here tonight and tell you, man, those defensive tackles really have their act together and are going to be significantly better this year. Now, defensive ends, um, the one guy that's popped to me is Chad Thomas. I mean, clearly has immense physical talent. We already knew that. Uh, to me, the key with Chad is, you know, can he summon – Eye of the Tiger. We were interviewing him the other day, and, you know, he's excited about football, but when we brought up music, I mean, you should have seen the way that he lit, he lit up like a Christmas tree. I mean, you know, I wonder, does Chad Thomas have the Eye of the Tiger and the passion for the game of football that's going to allow him to maximize all this great physical ability that he has. And, and, and that's what I'm going to be looking to see as the season gets started here in a, in, in a few weeks. Um, I don't think there's any question how talented he is. He, and he has stood out to me um, as, as a guy that clearly uh, is continuing to elevate himself as an athlete um, and looks pretty good. Um, disappointed in what I see of Michael Weish. You know, I, I know it's said that he's in a little bit better shape this year, um, but there's some to, I don't know, something's not right there. We talked when we talk to him, when we watch him, it it just doesn't look right. I don't know, obviously, if something's bugging him or if he's got some problems somewhere or whatever. Um, to my eye, you know, it just doesn't doesn't look right. Um, I I think um, Hurtaloo is still you know just just a, just a, a player. Um, I would have loved to to sit here tonight and tell you that I see Anthony Moten taking a huge big step forward and and jumping out. Um, so far from what I've watched, I can't say that. Um, so I'm concerned about this football team at, at the line of scrimmage. Now, the offensive line, um, I would say the reports is a little bit better. Um, you know, they, they seem to be building some cohesion with each other in that first group. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what's up with McDermott because he's not taking first team reps. Um, or very many of them. Um, they've got Sonny Adagwu playing right tackle. They have Trevor Darling playing left tackle right now. Uh, so I'm a little curious where Casey McDermott is ultimately going to fit. Um, and I'm I'm also wondering, you know, can they really count on Adagwu as a starter? Um, uh, last year, whenever he was on the field, he he made critical mistakes, and uh, so I, I think there's some real question um, there uh, as to. Is he ready to be a starter? But, you know, your other option is Casey McDermott, who was hurt for a greater portion of the year and doesn't have an enormous amount of experience either. Uh, So, you know, Trevor Darling's your most experienced tackle. Right now they're working him on the left side and seeing how it goes. Um, And that's something that we'll just have to monitor here over the next few weeks and and, and see what happens when they have scrimmages and and those kinds of things. But um, without question, you know, to sum it all up, I'm concerned about this football team at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you've got freshmen backing up on the offensive line that can't possibly be ready. Um, you know, you're going to hear things said about uh, St. Louis and, and um, 
Um, mm-hmm. Gauthier, and Gauthier, um, who's a strong kid, a guard, a little undersized, but but a, a strong kid. You, you're going to hear things said about them because they are going to need to play this year, most likely. And you know they're, they're on an accelerated course. They're getting a lot of reps in practice. But are they really going to be ready? I don't see how they possibly could be. So yes, concern about this football team at the line of scrimmage. Okay, and uh, just two other short questions. Uh, what about the kid uh, uh, Willis from you know the kid from, he from he from New Orleans actually, Gerald Willis, and then the other kid by um, the other D tackle from Florida that that that, that let go. Is he coming to Miami? Uh, no, they, they've they've decided not to take Boswick. Uh, he will not be coming to Miami. Gerald Willis, they, I mean, they decided not you know, to take him. right? They, yeah, they decided wow. not to take him. They're, I think they're trying to stay at eighty scholarships and be done with the NCAA um, penalties. Uh, I, I think that that's the thinking. And um, you know, right now he can't help them this year. They already took Willis as a transfer. He wasn't doing very well at Florida. I'm sure there's some hidden baggage from up in Gainesville that people aren't talking about. Uh, so they, yeah, they made the decision to pass on that one and, and will not be taking him. Willis, I mean, to me right now, he's just, he's just one of the guys. I mean, he's, you know, he can't play this year. I'm, I'm sure that affects his motivation. Um, he really only got a month of conditioning work in, you know, came in, you know, I guess like mid, mid June or, or, or whatever. So I'm not sure he's in, you know, off the charts shape right now. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, I think it's a little premature to, to look for much out of him. Um, but when I look at him and his body type and whatever, he's got, he very much has like a, a, a Warren Sapp type of body. And, yeah, a lot and, of more. And, and, and physique, yeah. So, you know, we'll have to see how he develops. I'm not going to make any crazy predictions there right now based on an out of shape Willis being out on the practice field knowing that he can't play for a year. You know, I okay. mean, you're not going to see you're not going to see the best of him right now. Okay, and the last question I have, and I'm done. And you, and I uh, keep me on hold. Just want to get a, okay. get an idea of going into this season. Do you feel do you have that close proximity to the team and the coaching staff? Do you feel like, and obviously he's not communicating to to the to the media, but do you feel like Al Golden knows that if they don't win the coastal, it's over? Do you feel that that he's kind of downplaying it, or do you do you do you pick it pick it up that he had the heat that he truly understands that you know you don't want the coastal, you don't put ten wins up, you won't be here, you won't, you will not be coaching this team next year. Now you can put me on hold. I just want to listen to what you have to say on okay, that. Okay, I, I I think he understands that he has to have a successful season. I'm not sure that he or anybody else has defined what that means. You know, I don't, nobody's put a number on it. Nobody said you have to win nine games. Nobody has said you have to win the coastal to keep your job. I think he knows that he has to show that the program is seriously progressing and not just minorly progressing. I'm not talking about winning seven games and saying, well, we went from six, we went from six to seven. I think he understands that serious progress has to be shown. Um, and if that means winning the coastal, great. But um, I don't think that he's really putting it in those type of terms right now. All right, Roland. Okay. All right, man. All right, man. Hey, thanks thanks for being part of the show, and we'll put you back on hold. I appreciate it. All right, thanks. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. Again, if you want to speak on the show, hit the number one on your keypad, and uh, we will be prompted and know that you want to come on the show. 
And for the first time, we are allowing people to listen to the show on the phone lines, as long as we have phone lines available. Um, right now, we still do, and we'll be increasing those phone lines as we get into the regular season. Let's go out now to the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? See, now, guys, this shouldn't be happening tonight. That's why we went to, to the new system, okay? If you're on the phone, don't don't try to listen um, online or something because there'll, there'll be a delay. Let's go out to the 757. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Jared? Kane, Kane, one as usual, buddy. You know, How I you got doing, some stuff Kane, you. I'm doing all right. doing all right. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. What you got? Okay, my man Charles Wise wanted me to ask you a question. I missed it when I talked to you last. We had to get off the show to go back to work. And he was saying somebody a caller called you and mentioned something about the cloud. And they said that you never, in so many words, said the cloud affected Miami. And my man well, Charles I, I said, said I never uh, bought into the cloud. And, and, the, and the reason is look at the number of kids that they've signed in the last three years. I mean, look at the number of scholarships that have been given out on National Signing Day. Um, I could go back right now and count them, but they've had almost full classes every year. I mean, that's not a cloud. That's not a probation, okay? A probation is when you can only sign 15 guys in a year or 13 okay. guys like Butch, like Butch did that one year, only could sign 13 guys, and it was one of the greatest right. – recruiting classes in Miami history. To me, that's a cloud. That's probation. Um, I also said that we didn't have recruits telling us that they weren't coming to Miami because they were concerned about the probation. And I'll also make this point. The cloud was gone in February when this last class signed. And I don't know if you noticed, but that was one of the lowest ranked, I think it was the lowest ranked recruiting class in the time that Al Golden's been here. So to me, there the, this whole cloud is, is non-existent. It's you know, you know have, I, I guess, just gotten the job. Well, I'm like recruiting or having. Yeah, I understand. I, I told people I don't believe in no cloud. I've seen USC fall, Penn State fall real hard, and Ohio State. Everybody fall, but they find a way to win. We fall. We still ain't winning like we should. But it's a new season, and ain't nobody worried about that. Now, what I want to get you on. What's going on with these running backs? Because I read some, not on Kane Sports, but on Inside the U. Well, my, well, my man, Mr. Um, T. Gray, had a close for Sundays and Monday. Was that just the defense ain't playing that good, or is the young man really good at running the ball? Wait, so you said you you heard that who did what? T. T. Gray, Tyron, Tyrone Gray. Okay, Ty, running back. okay Tyrone Gray. Okay. Last week. Last week when I mentioned him, he was like, Kim, I don't think he'll see the field. You know, he just ain't showed enough. But when I pull well, he, up inside he, the He's number four running back. I mean, you know, he's going to have some good runs in practice. The number four running back is not often, you know, well, he's going to have some good runs in practice anyway, hopefully. But typically the number four running back is going against the second or third team defense. <laughs> so, you know, I ain't people going get with all that yeah, one thing about it, man, you hold on. Y'all you, you give props to who you want to get props to. Like with Weiss. You say he ain't doing this or doing that. Now, with the cloud, you did mention the cloud, guy. I was gonna be cool, but you have mentioned the cloud before. So you can't no. get around. Yes you have. Yes you have. I've been no, on the show for years. Okay, not whatever. An That's cool. For anything. Absolutely not. Okay, Never. you said you haven't. Okay. Okay, you haven't. Never. In my mind not me. I don't know why no other other caller asked you, but and I'm That's sure it's fine. not possible. Like you said, great running against the third You have never heard me use the cloud as an excuse, ever. What? Oh, no, Gary, you tripping. 
Really? Hey, call uh, well, we'll, we'll listen just, to this. We're just going to disagree because yes, I'm telling you, I have never used it. Yes, as you did, case. man. I'm, I, all hey, right, well, you might, maybe you thought I did or, or maybe, you know, whatever. Okay, it's, okay. It's, I mean, it's all good. We'll agree to disagree. It's all good. It don't matter. It's about this but I'm going to anyway. tell you now, I don't, think, I don't believe the cloud has been an excuse for anything. Okay, well, this year it ain't no excuse for nothing. But like you said, he'll run against third string. Uh, Walton, you're right, he won't sit. What about Case? You think uh, the wide receiver is going to play or – because we got Langham. He's a red shirt freshman. They said he's doing good. Cager's yeah. he better. He, to me, to my eye, Cager's better than Langham. Um, pro, might even be ahead of Tyree Brady at this point. And, uh, you know, uh, he's going to be a tough kid to keep off the field. I mean, he, he's so big. And, right. and you can – you can do so many things with a kid like that. But now, you know, they also have Herndon and Najoku, who I think they're going to use in that oh, fashion. Yeah. That's I, a I big mean, boy there, Najoku. Yeah. If I'm running this team, I'm redshirting Cager. I, I just I think this program has to start redshirting guys that aren't going to significantly impact the season. And you're not putting Coley or Scott or Lewis or Herb or Waters on the bench. Okay, yes. so there's only so much that Cager is going to be able to impact this season. I am hoping they redshirt him, but I love what I see. Oh, well, that, that's a good thing. Well, like I said, you know, that first that first scrimmage is what Thursday night, correct? In a scrimmage. Yeah. Well, hopefully everything go well. Hopefully we don't have no injuries because I heard you just say about them. You said the D line look like they don't have enough. Emotion, or did you say? I don't like what like I me. see. I I don't like the way they're. I just don't like what I'm seeing from those guys. No and I haven't. I, and I haven't. I haven't for years. I I, I just they don't look to me like guys that love playing football that want to be great. <laughs> they just. I mean, they just don't. <laughs> and and, and you, said, you, you said, know, Chad lit up when you mentioned music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I, and I I hope I'm not overly critical or overly negative. That's certainly not what I want to be. But I, I try to bring it to you honestly, and and I, I am not overwhelmed by what I see from that position group. What about Muhammad? Since he had a year out, how does how has he been looking, sir? Looks great. Now you know they're just getting into full speed and, and stuff in practice. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like they got to stop practice for him. I'll tell you that. You know, it's not like oh, geez, we can't block Muhammad. Um, you know, let's send mm-hmm. him to the sidelines so we can run an offense. No. Yes, sir. Um, and you, you know, the thing about Muhammad is when he played two years ago. I mean, what did, I think he had two sacks the entire season. I mean, everyone yes, has decided. You know, he, I mean, he looks like a, like a god, and, and and everyone's decided that Muhammad is going to be the answer to Miami's pass rush woes. Um, but it, it, right now, it's 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 wishful it's it's wishful thinking. There's no track record of that to go by. Um, so again, don't want to come across as being negative. There's certainly no reason for that. It's the first week of training camp, and Muhammad yes, looks sir. great. He looks great physically. Um, but like I said, it's not like they have to stop practice. So, geez, this guy is like killing the quarterback. So, so where? So you say it's missing fire. Should the fire come from the defense of coaches? They help get fired, but I guess you can't instill it in the kids. I don't know. Coach, Coach is as fiery as I mean, you know, other than Art Kehoe is probably the most fiery coach on the coaching staff. So, you know, I, I you know, Coach Melvin's a pretty laid back kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Jethro Franklin, when he was here, could get a little animated at times, but you know, I'm not sure um, that that position's ever been coached by somebody that I would consider fiery. 
So, yes, you know, sir. maybe maybe that has something to do with it. I I don't know. I'm just telling you, I, I don't see the passion and the emotion and the the, the, the desire to be great That's, pouring out of those guys when I watch them. Yeah. Okay, my last question is, our D-backs, I, I mean, there's so many of them in the corner. We should be legit to quit back there, right? Should. I agree. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I, and conversely, I do like what I'm seeing out of the defensive backs. Okay. And I actually had this, that conversation with Paul Williams two days ago. I said, I said, coach, I got to tell you something. I mean, I was watching your guys today, and there's a noticeable difference. I mean, they 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 really look pretty good. Uh, Cornelder is one guy that that looks to me like he's really ready to take the next step. Now, where I'm concerned with those guys is at the cornerback position, defending the running mm. game. Okay, I, I'm I'm not sure that that any of those guys are very physical and good in the run game. And you know, Tracy Howard, Artie Burns, um, Elders, you know, not the biggest guy in the world. I mean, he is up to I think about 185 now. Um, <laughs> if you want to be concerned about something as it pertains to the defensive backs, that's where you should be concerned. How are they going to uh, hold up in the running game? Okay, but well, I like yeah, what I appreciate see. everything. Yeah, I like what baby, I see. What'd you say? I said, I don't want to hold you up. See you next week. Leave me on hold, and I hope you have a great show. Thank you, sir. You, you got it, man. Thank you for being part of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I really like um, talking about the defensive backs, what I've been seeing coverage-wise from those guys. Uh, the receivers are not having the easiest time in the world all the time getting separation, which I think is a good thing right now. But um, I do think that there are some concerns there in the running game. Okay, 646-595-2048. We continue on. Again, if you want to come on the show, um, all you got to do, hit the number one on your keypad, and we will be prompted and know that you want to speak on the show. Let's go out now to the 863, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? All right, how you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Oh, uh, this is Livingston. This is L. Just say L. What's up, L? How you doing? What you got for us? Oh, I don't know. Um, just a couple of things. Um, I was I was on last week too. Um, and but I never got a chance to speak. But anyway, um, I think there's a lot of negativity going on, you know, on, on your end and on some of the callers' end. Um, I understand you saying you're keeping it real and all that. Um, but I also think some of it is just negativity. But um, like what? Well, let's start with um, Brad Kyer. Um, last week, um, I think you were saying that um, I guess we they're glorifying him. I'm, I'm not going to say that in your exact no, words, no, but basically, what I said. no. I'll tell you what I said. Uh-huh. I'll tell you what I said. And 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 understand. I think Brad Kaya looks unbelievable. I, to me, he looks like an NFL quarterback physically and in performance on the field. He's unbelievable. Okay, I, I love what I see of Brad Kaya. What I said mm-hmm. was my only concern is this is a kid who is a true sophomore who if things were right in the program, would just be getting ready to step on the field for the first time. And he has been made the face of the program. He's the leader. He's the starting quarterback. Um, He's the guy on the posters. He's the guy doing the national media appearances. Um, He is the face. He's the face of University of Miami football right now as a true sophomore and has never won, and this is what I said, has never won a meaningful football game, has never let that. He's never won a meaningful football game. Think about it. And one other thing, one other thing, then I'll let you continue. He's never okay. let it, he's never he's never even let his team back one time in a game 
from a fourth quarter deficit or anything like that. He's being hyped more than quarterbacks like Bernie Kosar and Jim Kelly, who have been legendary performers in this program. That's all I said. Is it putting too much pressure on him? But as a, as, I mean, other than that, there is nothing wrong with Brad Kaya. He looks phenomenal. Okay, but and and that's that's one of the things that I wanted to mention because you were mentioning that you keep saying, oh, he's he's only a true sophomore. Let's let's compare him. Let's say Winston. Winston was a retro uh, freshman in 2013, technically a sophomore. All right, and these are the teams that he played against. Nevada. Let me stop you for one uh-huh. second. Before he played that, and I, he was great that season. But before yes, he, he before he played. Did you even know who he was? Yes, I did. He was a five-star recruit. So it's expected for him to be that great. He was a five-star recruit. You know, he was the number one quarterback in the in the country. So that that was not unexpected. He was a five-star recruit. You know, so... Okay, now, I'll, I'll, agree, I'll, agree, I'll agree with you on that. But there was nobody saying Florida State is going soaring to the top of college football because now their starting quarterback is going to be Jameis Winston. You're, if you remember, there was a competition all the way up w- with Coker, who's now at Alabama. It might be Alabama's starting quarterback this year. Um, and Jameis Winston wasn't even the starter until after that competition. There, there was nobody around college football saying Florida State's going straight to the top because Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback. Now, once he started maybe playing... Not straight, maybe not straight to the top, but everybody knew that Florida State had a good team, though. The quarterback, the quarterback was a was a question mark, but they had a good squad that yeah. year. Everybody knew they had a, they had a good team. I would agree with that. I mean, would you agree right. also that James Winston had a lot more around him on offense and defense than Brad Kaya had last year or has right I, now? I, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't agree. Let me tell you why. No. Florida State only had one receiver, one real receiver. That's great, and he wasn't even the top. He was, uh, Philip Dorsett was picked higher than he was. I can't well, even think of his name right now. He played with Philip. Rashad Green. Rashad Green. Rashad Green. And, he, and he, was, he was like a what? A fifth rounder? Six, a sixth rounder? Yeah. And, and, and that was. And, they had Nick O'Leary. And Nick O'Leary was, what was he, a, a, a third, fourth round? You know, I, I don't even know if he was picked higher than, um, um, than Rawford or not. But, I'm, but anyway, what I'm getting at, what I'm saying is, because what you're saying is, um, Brad Kyle did not play against anybody last year. Right. No, what, he, and, no, no, he didn't. He didn't beat anybody last year. And all I'm saying is, okay, I, okay, I think he didn't beat ideal, anybody. I think in an ideal world, before somebody gets an, anointed the face of a football program, you would like for them to accomplish a little bit more. I understand these are unique times here, but all I'm saying is that's the point I'm making. That my only concern with Brad Kaya is: is there too much being put on his shoulders? Is he going I don't to be think able? So. Is he going to be able I don't to handle think so. it? Well, we're going to find I, out. I think he can because he's a humble kid. The kid is humble. He's humble. I think he can handle it. He is phenomenal. I, and, and yeah, we're going I to think find, he can handle it. We're going to find out. You're going to, yeah. you're going to find out but, in October. You, or, and or, we you might even find out in September. We'll see what happens. We'll see what kind of team Nebraska puts on the field this year. True. And, and, we'll, and, and we'll, but my we'll, point was in 2020. also, which could be a trap game. Yeah, my, but my point was in 2013, Florida State played nobody that year. Nobody. Look back to the 2013 year. They played nobody. All right? Nobody the whole year, and including us. We were, we were pretty horrible in 2013. You know, so they played nobody that year. 
So last year, so they went undefeated on a, on a weak schedule in 2013 and um, barely beat Auburn in the championship game. All right. So now, now it, it, you compare that to you know um, to, to our squad last year. And we played, you know, we could say we played nobody. We played nobody neither. But Brad Kaya put up some good numbers. He actually outplayed Winston last year. He outplayed him. If you look at the stats, he outplayed Winston. All right? So I think we do have a, you know, I think Kaya deserves the, the accolades that he's getting. You know, whether or not I, we I didn't we're say he didn't deserve it. I didn't say he didn't okay. deserve it. I, okay, I said he I'm deserves it. And I, think, I, and I don't think it's too much. And I don't well, think it's too and, much on him. And, and it might not be. I, I just said that's my only concern. You know, it yeah. might not be too much. He might be able to handle it. <laughs> but you well, know. to me, Brad Kyle, to me, Brad Kyle is the least of our worries. He is the least of our worries, in my opinion. I you know, even if he has, even if he has a, a slightly off year this year, I'm not worried about our quarterback position. I'm really I not. Totally, now, like totally you said, agree. now, like you said, our defensive line, I am a little worried, especially at the tackles. Now, um, I, whether or not we you know they. they Things change or not, we will see. But the, the defensive line, I'm I'm on a wait and see, you know, approach on that. When I see it, I believe it with the defensive line, you know, because we've just been hard for for a decade. You and I are standing right next to each other in that wait and see. Yeah, line. but as for but I think we're, we're deep at running back, we're deep at corner, and safety. We we got a we got a, 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 a NFL quarterback. You know, our old line is young but very talented. They're young but talented. We got some four-star recruits on our O line, so you know they may be young, but they don't. They're gonna. They're gonna develop, or hopefully they'll develop. Let me say, hopefully, you know. And then you know we say keep saying freshman this, freshman that, or whatever. But if you can play, you can play. I don't care if you're a freshman. If you can play, you can play. You know. So um, I don't think I don't think it really matters what year you win. If you can play, you can play. Um, because we don't talk about freshman or rookie when we talk about the NFL. Look, look at some of the rookie. I mean, some positions you can't just come in and, and ball out. Quarterback is is, a, is an example. I agree, but for the most part, if you can play, you can play. You know, so uh, and offensive line too. You need to develop offensive linemen and defensive linemen. You know, as far as strength and things of that nature. But if you can play, you can play. You know, so I just think you know. Yes, it's true. We've been down. We haven't been that great. Um, for a very long time, but the negativity I think just needs to end. I think we need to just, you know, I'm, I'm, I read some of these posts and some of these boards, and I'm just reading some of this stuff, and I'm like, are these Hurricanes fans or are these Gator fans or are these, well, you know, people been, you know, you, you got to give people a break. It's been a long ten years. It's going to work itself out. We're going to know soon enough. It's middle of September, going into October. Uh, it's all going to play out, and and it, the wins and losses and and the performances on the field are going to take care of themselves. And there's either going to be a positive mood amongst the fan base or a negative mood again. Uh, there there probably won't be a lot of in between. And the thing is, and and I made one last point. I think I think um, I forgot my point already. <laughs> I forgot my point already. Never right, mind. Well, hit it. Hit us back with it next week. All right. Keep right, going. Hey, keep going. You, you got it. Thank you for being part of the show tonight. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. Remember, if you want to come on the show, just hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll get you on. Right now, we're going to go out to the 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yes, sir, that's you. Hello? You're on. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? This is Omar 850. I want to say this. 
I don't know who else we call it here from 850, but I am the only Kane fan I know around here. So it may be Florida State fans, but I be calling from 850 sometimes. And, but I be mad because it'll be someone else from 850, and you'll be like, ah, here it goes again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, um, just want to get straight to it. Uh, question, who you think will emerge with, between uh, the competition between McCord and uh, Owens? Man, that's a great question. Um, I, I think they'll be used in tandem. I, I think Owens might be a yeah. um, might be a, a guy that they'll look at on first and second down. I think McCord will be a guy they bring in um, who can be a threat oh, rushing, rushing the passer. Oh, right. um, but they got a lot of guys. You know, they've yeah. recruited a lot of these yeah. hybrid defensive ends, and um, there's a little bit yeah, of lock. I, I mean, you know, you see young yeah, kids coming. I, up. Scott Patchett yeah. is a good-looking young kid. Uh, you know, I, he's another one. I hope they redshirt this year because I don't. You know, I just think that there's a lot of guys that, yeah. that are yeah. in that role. I, and, I think know. he need. Yeah, he definitely need the red shirt. I think because he was injured coming in, wasn't he? So he, uh, yeah, I he, think he, he, a, a year off would be great for him. Just training would be great. Yeah, but you know, but Owens and McCord are both going to play. Um, I, Owens is a kid that they, they've had very high hopes for, and now he's got a year under his belt, and I think a lot will be determined by how he performs once the games begin. Um, McCord, you know, has had mixed results, you know, really, if, if you look at it objectively yeah. and honestly, and, uh, that's yeah. a place where they need to be better than what they've been. And, um, I think Owens will get the chance to be that guy and, and and how he plays in the games will determine how the rotation goes at that position. Yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. I was like, I know that was that's a it's, it's a good one right there because you got uh, oh, I mean McCord. You know he's a senior and he's showing flashes of of potential, but just having you know consistency. But yep. yeah, um, another question uh, with the return game. Who you think gonna Stand out as a, a surefire returner this year. Stacy Coley. I mean, you're gonna see. You so you're gonna see. You're gonna see Stacy Coley back there on punts and on kickoffs. You'll see Stacy Coley, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if they decide to use Mark Walton a little bit in that role. I would love to see Mark back there. Yeah, I would, you know, it's, it's, I just, it's still it, early. It, yeah, it's it's sad. It's sad. Like. We always after you had a great special team with returning, like and that seems like it's it got washed away last year. Like it was every time I saw a punt return, I was just crossing my fingers, hoping that he, he didn't fumble or uh, something bad didn't happen because it, returns just didn't happen at all. Punt returns didn't get past ten yards, past ten yep. yards. So well, I'm they like, they got to do they a better it. job. Uh, of finding guys that can block on special teams and then getting some blocking schemes going out there yes, that can work. Yes, because there is yes. no reason for Miami to have special teams like this. Uh, and, yeah, and I know yeah, the program's yeah. down a little bit, but Miami always has enough athletes to be good on special teams, and they've got to get better in that regard. I think, yeah, I think Al, I know he's kind of over special teams, but he may need to talk to some a couple people about that because you know some schools are great at that. You know, like um, what's Urban Myers? He's 
great at special teams. You know, that's one of his focal points. But I, I just I think we have to that we have to get a better special team this year if we're gonna really contend to be who we supposed to be, you know. But yep, yeah. no, no doubt about it. All right, you got anything else um, for us tonight? No, nah, that's about all. That's about all. Just put all me right, on hold. You got it. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, let's go out now to the 929, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this week? I'm doing all right. Gary, listen, um, I wanted to ask you, um, just being around the program and stuff like that, do you notice a sense of urgency with, like, the either the coaches, the administration, or even the players? Like, they got to do something this year. <laughs> I I commented a little bit on this earlier. I, I mean, obviously... Uh, I, I, I wasn't listening earlier. I just no, got no, on. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, obviously the coaches are feeling urgency. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, are they showing it? No, not really. And, you know, I'm old school, okay? I've been around this program a long time, and, and I've seen a lot of different generations of team practice. I, I do not like the way this generation of Hurricanes practice. I don't like the lack of emotion that's on the practice field. I'm, I mean, there's times out there where, like, you wouldn't even know a football practice is going on. I mean, and and I'm not saying you got to have a coaching staff full of yellers and screamers, and you got to have a team full of guys yelling and screaming and going crazy. But I mean, it's just to, for my taste, it's too mellow out there. And and I, you know, I I would like to see more emotion and and passion from top to bottom. Uh, on this, on the team when they're out on the practice field. Yeah, because like every time I either read an interview or see some kind of video of Al Golden or any coach talking, they always mention this one word that bothers the hell out of me. They always say, "Oh, he's developing into a great leader. He's developing a leader." I'm like, you know, I don't want to hear that. You know, <laughs> like, like at the end of the day, the coach should be the leader of the team. I mean, there should be guys on the team that you could look up to and things like that. But but with this team, it's like I'm constantly hearing leader. I don't hear anything about guys on the field really really showing out some unstoppable kid that they can't block or they can't tackle in practice. I'm not hearing any of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, all I can tell you is what I see. It's, it's pretty quiet out there a lot, you know, and, and I – it's just you know, like I said, I'm not saying you gotta have um, a field full of screamers and yellers to be a good football team. I don't think that's true. Um, but would I like to see a little bit more noise? Absolutely. So pretty much when you know when you know when Al Gordon talks about developing uh, you know culture and following the process, this and that. So do you think he kind of like weeded out those guys that are you know that may be a little too excitable on the field, a little no. too quote-unquote, uncontrollable on the field? No, I mean, I, I think, you know, the guys that got in trouble weeded themselves out. I don't think he weeded right. them out. Um, you know, Al Golden is a guy whose um, psychology is a big part of his philosophy, and he likes guys that do the right things, that lead by example, and, and, and he likes a team that has guys like that to look up to. And and that's what he means when he's trying to develop leaders. And it's something that's very important to his philosophy of coaching. Man, it, it, it's like it's getting like um, – it's like the same old story now for the last – I'll say eight years. It's the same old story. Every... Well, we'll see. Maybe it won't be. 
You know, I mean, there's there's people. Well, we're all people hoping that it isn't. We're all hoping that it isn't the same old story. But every I mean, look, year this, around this, this time, very easily could be four and zero going to Florida State. Very easily, if they take care of business uh, and they put a good game plan together and execute and play well against Nebraska, and then go up to Cincinnati on a high uh, for a night game that I, you know, I think could could you know potentially give them some give them some problems just because of the environment that they're going to find up there and it's a Thursday night game and and the whole thing but it, it, there is a great chance they go to Florida State for now. All right, last question. All right, Gary, like what do you think the difference is between um are right, you have a team like Miami, we could we pretty much have our pick at, you know, all you know, any athlete we want in the state of Florida. Even after the five stars and the four stars leave and go somewhere else, and you see a team like Virginia Tech, right? All year, you know, they're they're kind of, you know, good defenses, good offense, sound. Team is technically sound, you know, but they'll lose some, some games this down or whatever. But every time they got to win that big game, how do they do it? What's the difference? Well, it, it could be a lot of things. It could be the culture. It could be... The way those kids are developed, it, it you know, it could be schemes. Sometimes maybe they get bounces go their way. I mean, there's a whole number of things that come into but play. But every in year, game. Gary, I yeah. mean, like I could see the last it, seven years. Frank I, I mean, like Virginia. Coach. I know, but Virginia Tech, I could say every year they've had that one signature win, and everybody was like, "Wow, Virginia yeah. Tech." Is 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 really official? But then they get to ACC play, suffer some injuries, and yeah, because like they played, they played Ohio, or they they're going to play Ohio State in a season opener. They beat them last year. Exactly, and nobody would be surprised if Virginia Tech beats Ohio State. Who's going to be surprised if Virginia Tech beat Ohio State? Nobody, because they beat them last year. Virginia Tech almost put the muffin on on Alabama the year before. Mm Hmm. First game of the year, so it gave him a tussle. Is it the coaching? It, it, I, I mean, it's yeah, got to be the coaching. In that case, it's coaching, yes, because because you know they never have a top ten recruiting class. They recruit never. good football players. They they mold them into quality players in their schemes, and they do a great job of game planning for Saturday. And that's I mean, why do they even have a top twenty five recruiting class. I'd have to go back and look and see where they finished last year, but I don't think so. They might not. No, I don't think so. I don't know what it is with Virginia Tech. When is it? When they have to have that win, they get it. It's the program that they've put together. They've had coaches that have been together for a long time. They do a great job developing them in the weight room, and they do a great job coaching them. I mean, they they, they maximize what they have and what they can do. So that so that's pretty much the difference between Miami and Virginia Tech at this point. Our coaches aren't maximizing what we have. That's you know you could probably say that and be fair you know based on what's happened the last few years now it's a new season you'll see what happens this year. Yeah, well we didn't really make any significant changes in our coaching staff that'll change that though. No. You know, I mean this is the first time ever I've seen like a guy handed the, that's never driven before, but you give him a keys to a Ferrari. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like I graduate. I have a master's degree, and that's like somebody making me the CEO of IBM. That's what, and and will allow me to learn on the well, job. That's pretty much what the University of Miami did to Al Golden. Kirby Hokut, who was the athletic director, then fell in love with Al Golden, and there was a a power structure 
that included Bernie Kosar and a couple trustees that was trying to get him to hire Mark Tressman to be the football coach. And Kirby Hokut had the final say, and you know he he wouldn't hear any of the Tressman talk, and he chose Al Golden, and you know, and then he left. <laughs> so. You know, Al Golden's great in so many ways. Don't you know? I, I, he's just—he's struggling to get. It I right mean, he seems like a great football. guy. He seems like a great guy, but that might be his fault. Like he's well, too good of a guy. Like he's—you know—like it's almost like he doesn't want to hurt people's feelings by firing them. You know, has he fired anyone, or or have they just left the program to do other jobs? I don't think he's fired anyone. Only you know, in some private cases where he had to because of. You know, maybe some somebody did wrong or something. But, I mean, did he fire somebody? N- no, I mean, not any coaches. No, they've all yeah, left. I, they all left with me. Yep. You know, I mean, at least Shannon saw saw a sense of urgency. He wanted to stay at Miami. He was willing to make any change. Shannon possible. was going to fire five coaches on the day he got fired. He was not happy at all with what he was getting out of his staff. Yeah, you know, he was. He, he was going to. He was going to fire, I think, five guys the day he got fired. And I can't see how Golden is happy with with that coaching staff he has. I don't know. I just, you know, I just can't see. I just can't see how he's saying, "Okay, wow, we're making progress." Well, you know, like maybe he's all into the process thing. He doesn't want to change anybody because he wants these guys to get used to these coaches, and eventually they'll come along. You know, it's like I mean, it's like you have a crap system, but if you get enough five-star athletes, then your then your crap system isn't crap anymore. Well, they're not getting five-star athletes, so we'll see. No, I'm just saying. I mean, he was hoping that the Florida athletes, you know, you could run the same crap system that you ran in Temple with two-star athletes, and thinking you could come to Florida and get high threes and four-star athletes, and thinking that the system's going to work, and it just hasn't well, panned sure out that, from that, that way. They thought, yeah, and you know. It, if you look at the record, it didn't really work at Temple either. I mean, they, don't have any, yeah. they didn't have any it signature didn't. victories at Temple. None. That's why I can't understand how he even got the freaking job. Everybody's saying Al Gordon is the answer. Al Gordon is not the answer. He had a phenomenal presentation. He 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 had a 300-page presentation that he laid on Kirby Hokut, and it was very well done. And... They didn't really have a lot of other candidates. I mean, it was really it was Al Golden or or Mark Tressman. I mean, that's what they were down to. God you bless know, people, <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, that's that's the way it was. All right, you got anything else for us tonight? No, that's it, Gary. Thanks a lot. You got it, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight is the number. Uh, again, if you want to come and and talk on the show. All you got to do is hit the number one on your keypad, and that will prompt us and let us know that you are ready to speak. Uh, now we're going to go out to the 561, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, thanks. Uh, first, re- first recommendation is that uh, you put a time cap on the callers. Sorry, dude. Some guys just drag it out. I'd, I'd say like two or three minutes and then just cut it. All but, right, well, uh, I, I try to give everybody their say, so I mean, that's yeah, kind of, you know, I know. You're you know, trying to be nice, get, but tighten it up. You know, tighten that's it my up. Two cents. That's my two cents. Um, first, going back quickly, what the last guy was saying about Virginia Tech, I don't really agree. Um, first of all, the first thing that comes to mind is we pounded them last year at their house on a Thursday night. Um, so they always get up for the big games, but they lost that one to a pretty average team 
And then as, I think I saw them later in the year just, like, just terrible trying to play against. Yeah, they weren't a great team last year. Wait. I, what they, what yeah. did they finish? And then, and then also they, they beat Ohio State when Barrett was uh, starting his first game. The, the starter got hurt a couple weeks before the game. This And he's saying no one will be surprised if they beat Ohio State this year. I think that that's completely wrong. I mean, now they're going to have a seasoned quarterback. They have the whole revenge thing, and they're coming off the end of last year. So that's why the line's around. Well, whenever you get somebody is. early, though, anything can happen. Remember that year Miami yeah, lost yeah, to yeah. – remember when Miami lost to BYU that one year? Oh, when I they, do. Tied that. Tied that. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, so. and he, went on, he went on to win the Heisman, I think, that year. But uh, anyway, what, I've been on for a little while. The one name I didn't hear you mention, I know there's a lot of great receivers and, and – when we talked about the return game, you didn't mention Barrios. You expect something out of him this year? Yeah, but um, he, he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be a kickoff return guy. I mean, I, I I would think he would back up Stacey Coley as punt returns. Didn't he return some last year? Yeah, he got some. He's got he got some reps out there. So I would think he okay. would be the guy behind Coley. Um, I think Coley will be the main guy. Okay. When you see the when you see that run of games starting with Cincinnati and then um, the gauntlet after that, does that excite you or does it scare you? Oh man, I love uh, me personally. I, I I wish they had played big games every week. There is nothing I can I cannot stand worse than going to the stadium when they're playing like Bethune Cookman. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I agree. I mean, it excites the hell out of me. I think. I mean, oh, I think it's awesome. I mean, the the game at F- FAU this year will be interesting, just because it's a Friday night game and it'll be packed. It's gonna be, it might be the toughest ticket in my in in modern day Miami football history because no one's gonna be able to get into the stadium. But you know, for the most part, these cupcake games I can't stand them. Yeah, I hear you, and I, I actually live up in Jupiter, so I think I'll have to go to that one to brighten Boca Raton against FAU. But. Um, you know that's why, like you know, one of my one of my best friends is is a big Ohio State fan, so you can imagine the conversations we have, and I get battered a lot. Um, but I look at their schedule, and it just, I mean, they're acting like Virginia Tech is the Super Bowl. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, uh, it just they they don't play anyone, so all they have to do is wait for the postseason. Yeah, they play Michigan State, but besides that, I mean, their non conference games are horrible. I mean, horrible, and all of their big games are at home. Penn State yep. and Michigan State, both at home. The only games that people are talking about is Virginia Tech, the team that we just pounded the hell out of at their house last year. So, I don't know. It's just going back to what we were saying about the schedule. I think that there is something to say about at least, um, even if we're getting the kids in, to tell them that they're going to be playing against Florida State, Clemson, and uh, you know these bigger names. I think that gets some of the kids in, honestly. But yeah, no I'm doubt. just hoping that, um, as you said, that you know we go into that Florida State game four zero, and uh, I think Vegas great chance they will. But but hey, you, you just hit that, you, that, uh, just hit, hey, you just hit that two minute mark. So you got anything else? Yeah, wait for you to say that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is the part. This is the part when a dude won't get off the phone, and then you go, "You got anything else?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. hey, th- hey, thank you for being part of the show. No problem. <laughs> All right. Um, he might as well be the first that we cut short. <laughs> All right, 646-595-2048. Again, if you want to come on the show tonight, just hit that number one on your keypad, and it will, will prompt us and let us know. Uh, let's go now to the 484. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. 
Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? It's Philly. Hey, what's up, Philly? What you got? Hey, no, no, I'm just waiting for the season to start, man. I'm ready to get it going. You know, I, I you know, I kind of went on the board and, and said that, you know, I'll call it quits on the bashing of uh, Coach Golden and, you know, call it quits on my uh, my, my uh, hot board, Coach, hey, Coach, your hot board for a while, kind of see how the season goes. But, um, I, I, you know, I wanted to talk about, like, the defense, and I think, like, um, that's definitely something I definitely want to, you know, see this season because, I mean, I think looking at it on paper, you know, like Coach Golden and Coach Manfredo, they, they, they have the people, the bodies that they want. I think for what they want this team to be, and the identity they want this team to be. You know, in terms of the, the offensive defense, they offensively, like I mentioned, they on the board they want to look like Stanford, you know, and and run two tight end sets, some three wide receiver sets, but you know, definitely like a single back, uh, maybe you know, um, mostly like a, a H back or use an H back. But defensively, it's all about bodies and keeping bodies fresh and running like a four three um you know three four hybrid four three over defense and the thing about it is you know it's like when you look at the players like you look at a like a Weish or a, a Hurdaloo they're not the type of guys like I mean everybody saw Weish try to do that uh, that stunt which he shouldn't have been doing because if you look at the type of defense they're trying to run which is like a based off like a Seattle you know, Seahawks-type defense, and I know the the, uh, the Gators ran it and Clemson ran it, too, under Venerables. Each guy has their own specific job to do, and they're looking for those type of body types, you know. And like last year they had guys like Denzel. To me, Denzel is playing out of position and doing what they want him to do because Denzel is not a take-on backer. He's more of a slip backer. You know, he's not a guy that's going to, like, meet a guard or a center head-on. He's more of a guy that's going to try to, you know, um, you know, kind of like slip his shoulder and like make him miss and go around him to make that tackle or slip through the cracks to make that tackle. And, you know, he should have been more like the will in the defense of trying to run where like basically lined up where they had Grace lining up instead of lining up at the, at the middle. I think that's why, you know, they had more success the previous year when they had Jimmy Gaines running the mic as opposed to Denzel running the mic. So I think this year with Kirby – running the mic, and then, you know, if Jawan Young steps up and he's more, you know, his body type is more situated, they may have more success. So I think, I don't know, I think this year, man, like, I just think that this year is kind of setting up to be like, you know, two years ago, where that 9-3 season. I think, you know, with the schedule the way it is um, and how the team is, I think they can definitely, you know, go 9-3 and or finish 9-3. and I don't know if 10 wins is in, is in the cards. But I think, you know, because of the schedule, um, I, the last caller called in and was talking about how he pounded Virginia Tech. I don't know because – I don't know about that because Virginia Tech was an was a injured team last year. They had a lot of injuries and a lot of youth. So I wouldn't expect that same Virginia Tech team that we played last year to be that same Virginia Tech team this year. No, they should be better. Older. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, they, they were missing, like, the, the top two running back injuries on the defensive line, their offensive line. They were missing their um, – they are missing, like, um, their two starting defensive tackles. And that's why, you know, Duke was able to run wild on them. They are starting a lot of freshmen, a lot of injuries. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to see what was going to happen this season. I can't wait to get it started because I know it's like, you know, it's like you have negativity on the board, but you also have, like, the rah-rah. You know, you have, like yeah, – But it's been know, better the like, last – the last week since practice started, I think the negativity has quieted down a little bit. I think people are now getting into the season a little bit. 
Yeah, but I think it's like, but even like you got with the rah-rah, it's like you got the rah-rah coming on. And even that is like, you know, I wish that we would temper that because those same guys who were like rah-rah and, you know, getting hyped up, once we once we got the first game, they'll be the same guys trashing the team and trashing the coaches. And it's like, you know, you like, you know, just temper your expectations. Just like kind of sit back, you know, enjoy the reports, and let's see what's going to happen this season. But that's, that's pretty much got all it. I got, man. All right, well, thank you for being part of the show, and give us a call again next week. All right, man. All right. 646-595-2048 is the number. Let's go out now to the 786, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Joe. What's up, Joe? What you got? Okay, this is what I got. First of all, as far as, like, the Brad Kite didn't big anybody. I'm going I'm to disagree with you on that. Due to the fact that year ago, he was in high school. He came out a year later, won a couple of college games. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying what he did wasn't amazing. Brad Kai is phenomenal. I'm just saying that he's the... I, I mean, I, he, understand, he, I understand what you're saying, the Alabamas, the LSUs. I understand that, but I just look at it as... A eighteen-year-old I mean, come if, out if, and do what he if, did. If that kid went to Alabama, for example, you wouldn't even know. He would have sat on the bench. Would, oh my God! The bench. They've got guys. They've got. I'm trying. They have Cornwell up there, who was the number one quarterback in the country two years ago. They've got Blake oh. Barnett, who was one of the top two or three quarterbacks last year up there at Alabama. Th- those guys aren't even in the mix now. Oh, okay. So Cornwell's going thing, into his thir- I think his third year. And Barnett's this, going this, into a second. They're they're not in the mix to be starting this, quarterbacks. This this is the thing, Gary. You could get a hundred five stars. You can't put but eleven of them on the field at a time. I agree. You can't put but eleven of them on the field at a time. That's it. And one like one of the other callers said earlier, if you're a freshman, if you got it, you got it. Yeah, but, you but, you know, you again, don't misunderstand what, what I've said. Um, no, Brad I, Kite, I understand some, right? some some need to be reassured. Some, some, no, some do, my, some don't. What I've said is my only concern is that there's too much being put on his shoulders too no, soon. No. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I disagree with that, uh, Gary. you got to look at it like this. Just like when you get to the NFL, who makes all the money? The quarterbacks. If some, if some players, Gary... And I listen to you. You're a sharp dude. You're real sharp. So you should know this here too, Gary. It's like some players, you know what players that have it. You know the yep. players that have it. You know what I mean? And guess well, let what, me ask Gary? you something about you. you, you mentioned, let me ask you something since you mentioned the NFL. How many of those quarterbacks that come out of college and get the big bucks are great in their first year or two in the NFL? I mean, Russell Wilson has been like a freak. It's, yeah, it's, Andrew it's, Luck, it's, you know, to some degree. But, like, look at Ryan Tannehill. He was the number nine pick in the draft. It's a, it's a few exceptions, Gary, but then you know what that'll go back to? You know what that'll be like, Gary, if we're going to compare it? A rookie and a freshman, Gary, same thing, different road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Freshman uh-huh. rookie. That's the same thing, different road. Because guess what? When you get to the NFL and you're a rookie, you're a freshman. And guess what? This is the thing, Gary. Look at the ones, the ones that have it. They let them play and they let them make the mistakes. Go ahead and make them now. What's the difference between making a, a mistake this year 
and next year if it's going to be the same mistake. Interception is an interception. A fumble is a fumble. A first mm-hmm. down is a first down. If you if you the quarterback and you're going to do all of this, if you're going to make those mistakes in the second year, why not make them in the first year? So guess what? Maybe in that second year you won't make the same mistakes. Because guess what, Gary? I tell all my friends this. We have the number one pick in the NFL when he come out. He going number one. Ain't going to be no question. Ain't going to be no. If he stays four years, four four years, that that would be the number one pick in the NFL. Gary, he has it. It's just like like looking at it with with Peyton Manning, his first year at Tennessee. You just saw it. You knew he had it. Just like in the NFL. You knew Peyton Manning had it. It was just a matter of. I love what I see, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to the number one pick in the draft yet. He hasn't. You got to look at it like this, though. (laughs) He's got to win some football games. This is the thing. The, at the bottom line, Gary, at the end of the day, team wins a football game. A boxer or a tennis player or a golfer, they win, they win the individual thing. But no, as far I, as basketball, football, baseball. I understand. But there's team. a reason why great quarterbacks make their teams great. And, and that's the one position where a guy that's an elite individual can make his team better. I expect Brad Kaya to do that with Miami this year. Um, all I'm saying is I'm, my only concern with him, and as great as he looks, and he looks phenomenal, my concern is, is there too much being put on his shoulders too quickly? No, that's, no, right, no, they, no, Gary. No, and you some might players right. have it. And maybe I'm a warrior. Some players have it. Maybe, you, maybe he, some you players know, have it, Gary. Some players yeah. have it. Some players don't, maybe Gary. And guess what? We, you we, know? we we haven't seen this at UM in, I guess, since Ken Dorsey. Just like Ken when Ken Dorsey, yeah, I when I watched Ken Dorsey in Washington, when, when we was getting whooped in Washington and we came back, I'm like, yeah. we have something. It's, it's, it's no doubt in it, Gary. But Brad Diet is a real deal. And, and Brad notice Clyde this, Gary. did not have Dorsey moment like that last year. And that's no, but no, not. It's, it, it's not. It's, okay, just say it's not so much as about him having a Dorsey moment, but it's just the fact that he had it. You saw it. You yeah, like. But, and and they lost pieces. that game. They lost that game, but you knew. Man, this team has Okay, something. there you go. You knew you knew this guy here was going to be something to be reckoned yes. with. And guess what? And this you know, the thing. same thing now with Kaya. You feel that way and you can see it. My yeah, only point said. is he hasn't had that moment yet. And the whole franchise is on his back. And and the whole but, franchise was not on Ken Dorsey's back that day at Washington. And it wasn't on his <laughs> back the day after either. No, but this is the thing. He, he had Butch Davis. <laughs> you forgot? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, had Bush Davis. <laughs> big big difference. Bush Davis, yeah. Al Golden. I mean, that's no disrespect to Al Golden. I like Al Golden, but it's just like the guy said earlier. I guess when you own the football field, it's business. When you when you off the field and you in your office or whatever, be approachable. Make it where the players can come talk to you about whatever. But on the field, you got to be a different beast. That's just the nature of the beast. Because I look at it like this here. You. Randy Shannon leaves for so short, but why is Al Golden so long? Oh, it has nothing to do with that. It, you know, no, the, 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 the reason is because mean, the, the NCAA period, number one, and number two, Donna Shalala was leaving, and she didn't want her legacy to be that every coach she hired on, while she was president, she had a fire. That's that's all it was. Well, okay, this is my last thing. But then just look at it like this, Gary. Just say you give Randy Shannon – that fit feels like you're giving Al Golden, right? Look at what was coming in. A lot would have been Bridgewater on down. Look at what yep. was coming in. So you mean to tell me he had all this lined up 
They yep. coming. No if he, and they he, coming. He was he was going to bring in five new coaches. He was going to get Teddy Bridgewater. He would have gotten the Mari Cooper. Would have been ridiculous. No, it, it, it would have been ridiculous. You hear me? But yeah. you know, but Randy did it to himself. He did it. He listen. He did <laughs> yeah. it to himself. Yeah, yeah it's but, understandable. It, it's just listen, unfortunate it's just like that the program when, when you the coach. When you the coach. When you the coach. When when some when it's going right, you get all the blame. When it's going bad, you should bite the bullet too. And I mean that's just the way the ball bounced. But just the thing, it shouldn't be no different with Al Golden and the rest of his crew. The only thing you changed I don't think it is. was Randy Melvin. I mean you 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 change, okay, we got Randy Melvin. Okay, we'll see what the defensive line do this year. Yeah, I don't but I don't, I don't think there's not a double standard is what I'm telling you. There's no double standard. No, I mean I, I don't I, I it's not that it's a double standard, but this is just the reality of it, Gary, and, and just not being naive. I mean, we're not gonna kid ourselves, Gary. I'm forty three years old. I don't know how it is, Gary, but in in the grand scheme of things, racism and all that other stuff. Oh, no. I mean, it's, I mean, that's yeah, not I don't argue with that's, you that that's, it's out there in the world. Under, no, 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 time out. I'm not going to argue with you that it's out there in the world. It has nothing to do with what's nope. going on right now at the University of Miami. Um, black, white, yellow, indifferent. No, 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 no. Don't did not handle the power structure of the university in the proper manner. And that's why he didn't have a base of support when things got tough. And that's why they had such an easy time firing him. But then but then at the same time, okay, they had such an easy time firing him. But then And it was his fault. Like, well yeah, I understand. Just like and I said, when it's going good, it's going good. It had nothing to do with his no, skin yeah. color. Okay, I understand that. But at the same time, Gary, just look at it like this here. The last four four years. <laughs> no better. At least, at least no, Randy got And had it not been Donna Shalala's <laughs> last year, and had it not been for the fact that Donna Shalala wanted did not want her legacy to be all the coaches she fired, he would have been fired after last year. There's no question about it. You can't go six and seven at Miami in your fourth year and survive. I mean, you, you, under normal circumstances, it would you're not going to survive that. Okay. And well, well, what about the, the thing about just getting it right? Because. They had the NCAA issues to, to, that, that was used as, as as a reason to give him another year, that he went through that, and the Shalala agenda. All right, hey, let me let some okay. other people get on. Hey, thank you so much for being part hey, of the show. Hey, I, I just want to ask you something. Uh, you can keep me on hold. I, you don't have, I just want to hear your answer. Um, let me ask you, how many partners, you, you, you the boss of your show, right? How many partners have you went through that you just knew wasn't going to be right in it's time for a change. You can put me on hold, Gary. I listen to your response over the radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, through the twenty six, twenty seven years that 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 Kane Sports been in existence, we had one or two that I had to get rid of pretty quickly. But you know, fortunately, um, Matt Shodell, Jim Martz, um, the other people that contribute to what we do. I mean, they, they've they've been with with us for a long, long time, and and. You know, it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. Everybody does a great job, and there really aren't those kind of issues here, uh, fortunately. All right, let's continue on with the show. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Again, if you want to come on the show, just hit the number one on your keypad. It'll send the signal in. We're still okay. Those of you that are just listening, uh, we still have um, a few phone lines open for people calling in, so it won't be any issues there. Um, let's go back. Um, no, we already did that one. Let's go to the um, the seven oh six now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey Gary, how you doing? This is Sebastian from Georgia. How are you? Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How are you? 
Hey Gary, I just uh I just kind of feel like we're headed for a season where we just try to get prepared for uh new coaching staff. I just don't see any significant improvements in what we've done. And I just trace it all back to really scouring the players that we recruited and the coaching. What can you tell me any different from that if I'm just thinking along uh, way, a wild, crazy path? Well, so you're saying you expect things to just stay the same? Yeah, I think if things are going to stay the same. I just, uh, I just think we've just blew it. I mean, I think we've just targeted the wrong kid. I just don't understand why Chris Lamont from South Carolina is not with us, you know. I just can't seem to understand that, you know. I mean, just uh, Cecil Cherry, the, the linebacker from Texas that's looking to transfer, just don't know why we couldn't get a kid like that. I just kind of feel like we just recruited the wrong kind of kids. Well, I think they would I be mean, successful up in Temple, but maybe not at the University of Miami. The first thing I would tell you is focus on what you do have. And and there are some very good football players on this team. Kaya, phenomenal. I, I like oh, the running yeah. back. You know, you've got a few really good receivers. I like what I see at the tight end position. Um, I'm still in wait-and-see mode on the D-line, and the linebackers, got to be honest there. Um, I like what I'm seeing in the secondary. So there are some good players on this team. I, th- I think what's missing are superstars and, and you know, surefire guys that are going to impact uh, that are impact players uh, that are going to be difference makers on Saturday. And I, I, you know, I think that that's what you're missing a little bit. And that probably Gary, contributes Gary, I, to why I, you feel the way you do. I kind of I disagree, disagree with that. When I look at a team like Michigan State, Michigan State don't have superstars. You know, they're not recruited. They're not, they're not getting all the four- and the five-star kids. But they, they're, they're definitely kids that are a reflection of the coach. Uh, and the kind of play, and the kind of football that they play. Well, I don't, I don't think uh, you're going to have too hard of a time convincing anybody that's listening tonight that there are programs out there around the country that are getting better performances from their coach. You know, I mean, there's a reason why Al Golden is on the hottest seat in the country right now. I got you. I got you. Well, Gary, um, talk to me uh, about, about two things. Talk to me about some of the new kids that I know. I know you're interested in uh, redshirt and a lot of them. But give me about two kids that you really think that you really believe can help us this year. I know Jaquan Johnson is out and he's trying to recover. But give me two kids that you really think that can really help Miami this football season that are freshmen. Well, um, number one on the list without question is Mark Walton. To me, he's the he's the most game ready freshman that I've seen. I saw the high school championship game and he's he's the he's the truth. Yeah, yeah, he he looks ready uh, right now to me. Um, the two young DBs, Jackson and Redwine. Uh, Redwine is getting beat a lot by Lawrence Cager in practice. Um, I'm not sure he's ready to be a cornerback yet, um, but I do think that he'll help on special teams, and, and I like what I see of Michael Jackson. Uh, those two guys are getting accelerated courses and getting a lot of attention from the coaches. And I, and I also mentioned a lot out of necessity that St. Louis and, and, and Gauthier on the offensive line are two young kids that I think you're going to see uh, play a little bit there. To me, Jaquan Johnson, they'll probably rush him into the games, primarily on special teams or something. Uh, he's one of those I'd love to see red shirt. I'm not sure you need him to play safety this year with, um, with the other guys that they have uh, back there, but he's obviously also a, a very, very talented kid. Um, to me, you know, I, he's still recovering from an ACL, but you could just see that Scott Patchen has the potential to develop into a good player. Kendrick Norton is another one that I think is going to be a very good player. Um, McIntosh, too. um, McIntosh, we'll see. I don't, you know, I'm not as 
I mean, I, I like him. I'm not as sold on him as I am Kendrick Norton, but um, you know, it's still very early there. Um, I, I like the way Jamie Gordner looks. You know, big young linebacker um, that they are. They're also trying to use a little bit in that hybrid mode. You know, I wish they weren't doing that. Um, too yeah. many guys going to that hybrid position, but um, I, I like the way he looks. So it, it, it's a decent recruiting class. There, there's some players there, um, and you know, we'll see how they come along. Is there any – this is my last question, then I'll let you go. Is there any chance that we can probably accept a 8-5 and five or a 9-4 and four season from Al Golden and a change in his defensive coordinator as progress for the program, or do you yeah, think 9-4 and 8-5 Isn't it kind of late? I mean, it's kind of late. Oh, geez, we only won eight games this year. We're going to get a new de- defensive coordinator. I, I think it's pretty obvious that he's in this thing to the end uh, with his guys. Uh, I think he believes in them. And I think the results are going to speak for them this year. And, and, you know, how the games go will determine the future. Do you think we can take down Nebraska at home? Yes. Uh, that, yes. That, that is, that, to me, that's the game of the year. If I we agree. can't beat Nebraska at home after what they did to us last year, I, I, you know, it gives me no confidence for Clemson or Florida State or Virginia Tech. If we can't get our kids up at home, to beat Nebraska, who I think is a heated rivalry, after all that's gone down, then I just don't know uh, what we're going to do. And this is my last comment. I'll let you go. I think the loss of Gabois is huge. What do you think? And that will be my yeah, last comment for tonight. Totally agree. Destroyed the depth on the offensive line. I'm I in 100% so. agreement with you. You could have registered one of those guys. You could have had a veteran on the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, you're not you trying to put that. the freshman in there. Absolutely. I mean, Tyree yeah, St. Louis, that on the- Lewis, Lewis is, he is not ready to play, okay? I don't care. They they may have to throw him out there at some point. He is not ready to play right now. You know what that, you know what that shows up, Gary? It shows up on the road at Florida State when you're really trying to go for a drive or trying to go for a game-winning field goal and you get a false start from a freshman offensive line. That's when I see that stuff. Yep. That is, you know, he's, it's not that he's a, not a talented kid. But it's that false start or that holding yep. penalty or whatever. Or a key missed block. I, 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 you know, I look back to the Florida State game last year. You're driving down the field. you got a chance to win the game. James Coley makes a great call. He calls a draw. It was there. Mm-hmm. And um, Trevor Darling missed his block. Just whiffed. Yep. And the guy um, tackled Yearby from behind. Um, he yep. might have scored. I mean, it was wide open. Yep. That, you know, that, It's little that, things like that that are the difference between winning and losing. That is that's what I've seen. I always see the game within the game, yeah. And that's when I see it. If You're right. I'm thinking, man, if that kid could have redshirted, been a little bit stronger, just had that little more mental edge, maybe got some reps just to kind of get him going. But that's when I'm. That's when you're gonna see it in the game. You're gonna see a false start, a holding penalty, an illegal proceed. Something. That's when you're gonna see it, and that's when it's gonna throw it out of whack. But you know. Over and under, I think we go nine and four. If we if we if we underachieve, I think we go like five and eight. You know, that's just that's just that that's just what I see. I believe in Brad. You know, you know Al Goldenbetter hopes he just works miracles this year because uh, um, I don't know. I'm just you know I'm I'm a diehard Kane fan. I just don't have that feeling like we're going to be something special. All right, well we'll uh, see we'll see don't. soon enough. All right, hey, thank you so much for being part of the show. Hey, thank you, Gary. Keep me on hold. You got it. Give us a call again uh, next week. 
All right. Um, we got about looks like about um, 35, 40 minutes of, of show left to go tonight. Um, again, if you want to come on the show, just hit one on your keypad, and it'll prompt us and let us know. Um, let's go out now to the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? It's Myra 55. Hey, what's up, Robert? How are you? I'm doing all right, doing all right. I can tell you I've never uh, – I'm not looking forward to this season at all. I can tell you that much. And no. anyone that thinks that – anything, anyone that thinks this year is going to be any different from the last three or four years is completely blind. And, I, I mean, there's no reason for me to think anything else. Do you well, you know, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. Conventional wisdom would say that you're 100%, <laughs> you're 100% right. It, it, it's like what I has mean. changed? Okay, you would ask, you would say, and if we're sitting here in, in November and, you know, this team's got six, seven, eight wins and, you know, we're going to be sitting here saying, you know what, there was no reason, you know, why did anybody think otherwise? Because what has changed? Nothing's really changed. And Correct. you, you ha- haven't had addition by subtraction because all those guys that left for the National Football League, you're not replacing them with anybody that's better than them right now. So how can the team as a whole be better? And the one thing I will say, Robert, is that was not a six-win football team last year. I think that was an eight- or nine-win team, and that's why I think it could be an eight- or nine-win team this year. Sure. And it and it could be similar. And When Miami went into Florida State two years ago and both were undefeated, you could clearly see Miami was not anywhere near a great team. They had a soft schedule going in, and they were just a phony, whatever they were, 7-0 and at the time, and they really were never a good team at that point. I mean, but you hit it. You hit the nail on the head earlier, and you said this team doesn't practice well. I mean, I went to practice over the spring, and I'm sitting there, and I was like, "This is the most disappointing thing I've ever seen." I'm like, "You would think that you were at a." Uh, I mean, I've seen spirit, more spirited high school practices, and afterwards, Robert, that's how Golden I feel comes up. I I feel that way every time I go out there. I just I can't. I just can't. I, Understand it. I mean, I turned it. around to my buddy. I was at, you know, Golden came to us after practice. He goes, Gosh, what a great practice. What'd you guys think? And we look at each other like, Good practice, coach. And we look at each other when we're walking back to the car. I'm like, That was pitiful. I'm like, That was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. I mean, just no spirit, just look like they're walking through, like we're having a great old day, you know, they're, they're drinking water. I, it just was, and I said, Why would anything change? I'll be at practice next week. And I'll hope to see something new, this new spirited, you know, all the seniors are, the the spirited leaders are coming back and everything like that. I guarantee it will be, I mean, you were out there this week, but I can guarantee it will be exactly what I saw over the spring, exactly what I saw last year. It's the same old thing. And to be honest, I can tell you right now, I don't, as a Kane fan, I did not actually renew my season tickets. I've been a third generation Kane fan season ticket holder, so probably around 50 years they've been in my family, the same seats. I did not renew. I said I will not support this. And I can tell you, I don't know if I want them to go, whatever, 8-5, and 9-4, and four, whatever, just because I know it is not going to lead us to anywhere down the right pipeline. And, and it's really sad to say that for someone that's followed this program so closely for so long. But that's really the truth. I normally have three trips booked to go on the road to watch some games. I have no no trips booked. I'll go to all the games, but I will not support that, you know, being a season ticket holder, I can tell you that much. Well, I think it's an individual um, choice, you know. Yeah. 
and I could, I will tell you this, I will not name the recruit, but we, I had lunch uh, last week with a recruit who's not committed to Miami. And by the way, all these kids that are committed to Miami are really, as you know, not really committed. I mean, some are, but 90% of this swag 16 thing is a whole farce and smoking mirrors and I could, whatever, but had lunch with a pretty high rated um, player. And I could tell you, a lot of these kids think Mario Cristobal is coming to coach Miami next year. And that's completely not made up. And that's the complete truth. That wasn't provoked. That was just an unsolicited that a big recruit said, and I could say that they could be right. And a lot of them I think are waiting and holding out until the end of the year to really make, I mean, what is a commitment now? Anyway, a commitment is totally a falsified, you know, it's whatever it is, you know, it, I guess it keeps, everyone else in bit you know you guys in business and stuff but there's really no commitment until pens and paper but that's that's really on the street that that is a real truth that these kids think that Mario Cristobal could be the coach well you know um, he's he's obviously the most rumored candidate because of his local ties so I don't you know and, and I think you know Mario with the uh, few years now of experience under Nick Saban uh, he's been a head coach at FIU I mean in an ideal world maybe you would have liked for him to have a, another job here, a head job and, and reestablish himself as a head coach, but um, he's got to be in the mix. I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, I don't think that there's too many other candidates out there that are going to be more qualified to get a shot at this Miami thing uh, with the way that the passion that he brings for the program, the way that he'll attack recruiting, and I think he understands the type of coaching staff that you have to put together, and I think he would go out and, and put that staff together. So um, he's got to be He's got to be in the top two or three right out of the gate, no question. By the way, taking a step back on what you just said, which was Al Golden's biggest default. I mean, the guy is a super nice guy and a super bold, super likable guy and had the resources to get the right coaches and just really just – it's like self-inflicting wounds the guy is just presenting to himself. I mean, he could have done so much more to what he was given and just totally just let it blow out of proportion where now it's a – basically a make-or-break season, and like I said, and Vegas is never wrong. You probably deep down know it. I know it. You guys, I can't believe I had to sit through an hour and a half of listening to people think it's only a, The only thing that has me even a little, a, little, a little on the fence, Robert, is, I mean, yeah. I watch Brad Kaya, and I think he's damn good, and, and I look at the skill athletes that they have on offense, and they do have weapons out there. I mean, I mean that's the only thing that keeps me on the fence. I just, you know, I just... Yeah. And, I, mean, I just I don't I don't I mean, see how they can stop the run. I, I really don't. And it, it's pretty yeah. We could add it up right now. Well, their offensive line has holes in it. So, and you're completely right. By the way, anyone who thinks that Brad Kaya is ready for this superstardom that they're putting on him as a second year player, and he hasn't done. I just heard this guy compare him to Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey, by the way, was given had tools all over the place. Had a very senior laden team that year. And was basically just said, just don't screw up and just be a silent leader and be good. What has Brad Kaya done to ever really do anything? He's never t- taken us down the field to win a game. He looks good. Saying. He great says great everything kid. that's yeah. right. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's great. Sure. He's great kid, great could. prospect, looks phenomenal. I, I, I just the thing that concerns me, like I've said over and over, is that too yeah. much is being put on his shoulders too quickly. Too. Right, and there's no, I mean, there's any compare. What can you compare him to? I mean, this team is basically, I mean, the kid's probably going to get crushed. I mean, I, I mean, the, with no offensive line, I would say probably the 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 one position I, I expect the most improvement in is the wide receivers because of I think 
the I, I saying the addition of Kevin Beard is probably the wrong word because I don't whatever I don't need to get into it how close they probably were to actually losing him because of, of Al Golden's commitment to others. But I think that he might actually have the wide receivers going in the right direction, and that probably is is one of the positions I see actually an improvement. But I mean, I mean, what are you going to play shootouts if I have no defensive line? You could probably line up his linebacker and probably be as productive as some of the guys are going to put out there now. You've got question marks all over the place. Their defense has always been a question mark. I mean, how are you going to replace Duke Johnson? They do have promise, but yet again, it's all, it's all talk. And there's been a lot of talk and no delivery over all these years, so why would anything change? Yep. And, well, a few, I mean, more, a few more I weeks could, to go, Robert. Yeah. And we'll see yeah, what happens. I could, the exact moment when and, – and I'm surprised you actually let – you didn't probably harp on this more and you kind of let it go – is that you kind of accepted saying Al Golden kind of the team tanked tanked after the last after the loss of Florida State last year, and that is yeah, they, to me in all my years the most unacceptable thing I have ever seen or heard in my life because every year teams play big games whether it be at the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, or the end of the season, and teams take hard losses all the time, and somehow the good coaches get that team to rebound and and turn it around. So just yep. to say, and not like this team was going in there anyway. They got their ass kicked by Nebraska. They got run up and down the field by, I mean, who else did they lose? By uh, Georgia Tech early. I mean, they were. this was not a great team anyway last year, but just to tank it. I mean, what is that? That's unacceptable. I mean, yep. how, how, that, how did that even happen? It's unacceptable yep, you're right. in my mind. All right, it'll work itself out. Let me let some other people get on. All right there, Gary. Have a good one. I appreciate it. So, as always, great, great hearing from you. And give us a call next week. You got it. All right, Shmira. Hard to argue with what he says. I know he got a little long-winded there, but uh, you know, a guy that's always right on point when he calls. Let's go out now to the eight sixty-four. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Joe. I'm Islander six seven one. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? What what's you got? Going on? Good, good. I, I just want to, I, I mean, I commend the guy before me for being uh, honest and open about his opinion. I, I, I'm frankly a half, uh, a glass half full type of guy. So I'm going in with a little bit more optimism, hopefully, even though I agree that there's not been that, that many changes. I got two things to hit on. First is uh, with all of these recruits, and we've seen a lot of the, on the message boards about the recruits who have not chosen Miami and now or other other schools and now have run into some troubles. Matthew Thomas is, you know, uh, is one example. Devontae Clarington is uh, uh, one example. And I'm just, I guess my, my question to you being sort of an insider is whether or not all of these uh, character issues were identified by the staff going in and that maybe had softened our pursuit of them um, and then, and then them, them choosing the other. Well, the other I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Clarington. Yes, absolutely. I think that's why you saw Miami back off him and stop recruiting him. Um, I think Dalvin Cook. That some of those issues were very transparent while he was being recruited. I think he was he was such a good player that they kind of hung in there with him. But I don't think there was any issue. I mean, any question that there were some of those you know type of issues that that were uh, known and 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 thought about behind the scenes. 
Um, Matthew Thomas, I mean, if you just saw the way he handled his recruiting and you know the the disrespect that he showed Miami's coaches and from time to time and on signing day and and everything else, when you see kids behave like that. To me, that's always been a warning sign. The kids that switch at the last minute, um, you know, the the um, Keith Bryants of the world, who, and, you know, for those of you that follow recruiting will remember that name from a few years back, who was yeah, committed to yeah. Miami and switched on signing day to Florida State. Have you heard anything from that kid, you know, since yeah. he went up there? You know, I mean, you know, those are the kind of kids that when you see them do low character things like that, in in almost every case in my memory, those kids always end up either getting in trouble or or, or not developing. Um, the kid that went to LSU, the defensive lineman out of Champagnat, Trevante Valentine, yeah. Valentine's another one. He's already gone from LSU. I mean, you know, you could go on and on and on. It's 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 like, but but the, those kids when they show bad character in high school, very rarely make it in college. I guess to play devil's advocate then is, uh, you know, when, when we didn't get these guys, there was a lot of, uh, there are a lot of things said regarding the staff not being able to recruit the high level recruit because all of these guys were ballyhooed as, you know, the next great defensive tackle, the next great uh, linebacker at Miami, the next great whatever. And, uh, and, and so I'm wondering if some of the fuel to the fire regarding this taste that, 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 that the fans overall have towards the staff is a little bit misrepresented by these uh, these mm-hmm. these cases of kids well, going no, elsewhere. Because, because but all know. those kids we're talking about, they couldn't have wanted more. I mean, I don't I don't think that, that okay. So that, you think that there was a there was a definite value placed by the staff onto these kids pursuing these kids. Yes, absolutely. and that, and and so and so to follow up on that, had they come to Miami and all of these issues had arisen inside our our university, would we be better off now? If you're saying it, had they come and then had the yeah, same problem, I mean, hypothetically, correct. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I what know. good is it to sign a kid if he's going to get in trouble and be gone? I mean, you know, you could. I mean, I mean look, look at look. We, I mean, Miami's had some of those. I agree, you know, but you know, there, there, there's a there's linebackers be a Figueroa was still here, and Eddie yeah. Johnson were still here. <laughs> yeah. You know, there've been there've been several of those guys. Yeah, well, I guess I, I guess you know part of part of the uh, I guess the, the feeling I get is that there's a visceral distaste right now amongst all the Canes fans regarding the staff, and and to some degree this should be this should be a point, maybe just a minor point, but to be Lucky that we do have some of the kids that we have, you know, instead of a Matthew Thomas, instead of a Devontae Clarence, instead of a Trevante Valentine, all these people that come in with character issues. Now, granted, there there are, for, for every one of those guys, there are probably a three- or four-star recruit out there that we missed on that don't have these character issues and could probably have helped our team more than, uh, you know, some, probably some maybe some of the people that are on the team right now as as high-impact players. But I think that sort of gets lost in the fray, and it's driven, or at least I think the visceral sort of hatred right now that I feel amongst a lot of Canes fans is driven not only by the lack of success on the field, but some of this perceived misses on the recruiting front. And, yet, and I'm, just, I'm, just here to, I'm, I'm, I'm here to be a voice on the other side saying, 
look, we wouldn't have been better off with Matthew Thomas on our team or anything. We wouldn't have been better with, with Trevante Valentine on our team or, you know, Devontae Clarington on our team. I mean, you, the, the list goes on and on and on. And uh, and I just wanted, as you being sort of a pseudo-insider to sort of the workings or at least have a little bit closer um, uh, um, um, finger on the pulse as to what our recruiting ins and outs are, uh, what, what is your take on that? I think you're making great points. I mean, you know, it's, it, everything's not always what it appears to be on signing day. Um, and like I said before, when you see kids showing shaky character, usually those guys end up not making it. Um, as far as how people feel about the coaching staff, I think people are sick of losing. I, I, I think that, you know, the decisions that Al Golden has made um, with his staff and, 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 you know, particularly on the defensive side of the football um, have – kind of thrown the fan base a little bit and and you know there's nothing for them to fall back on i mean when you look at the record it's just it, it's so bad and until they start winning some big football games it, it's not that I, the record's so bad it's never gonna it's never gonna get right but at least if they start winning some big football games people will be more willing to forgive and forget anyway thank you yeah. so much for being part of the show awesome call great points and uh, give us a call again next week yes sir all right, 646-595-2048. Again, if you would like to come on the show, just hit that number one on your keypad, and we'll know that you want to come on. We're going to go out now to the 812, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? It's Austin. How are you doing, man? What's up, Austin? How are you doing this week? Hey, doing pretty good. Uh, a couple questions I had was, you know, uh, Give me most improved unit on offense, most improved unit on defense, maybe a couple standouts. And what have you seen, um, if anything at all, out of uh, a field goal unit? I know uh, watching some games last year, that that, that was something that uh, you held your breath on uh, every time you uh, uh, saw the field goal unit go out there, Uh, whether it was badly, you know, line drives to God nowhere. Or uh, you know, uh, offensive linemen. Uh, it, it was it was always an adventure. Uh, basically, those are questions I have. All right. Well, um, let me start with um, with the offense. I mean, uh, I, I think the I guess what I would consider the top to bottom most improved unit. I would say maybe the running backs, just because Duke carried so much of the load last year, and I, I like what I see from all those guys, you know. And and I know, you know, even Trey uh, on Gray, who everyone's a lot of people are very high on. Um, he's he, a message board hero. He's a message board hero. I don't know why, but you know, but you know, but he obviously is a ta- is an athlete, and you know, even he's you know doing a decent job in training camp. So I I would say top to bottom, uh, most improved. Um, I'd have to you know. Give a shout out to the running backs there um, on defense. I, I want to see them perform against the run, but I love what I'm seeing out of the defensive backs. I, I, I think Cornelder is, is getting ready to take the next step in his progression. Artie Burns looks very good to me. I think Tracy Howard's doing as well as he can do, uh, given his speed limitations. Um, and I, I like what I see from the young kids, um, Michael Jackson and, and, and Sheldrick Redwine. Um, and then, you know, the safeties, you know, obviously with Bush and, and Jenkins and Carter and then Jaquan Johnson uh, coming up. I mean, that's obviously uh, a position that's in, in pretty decent shape. So I would say running backs, DBs, and as far as the kicking game, like you, every time they line up for a field goal, 
Um, I'll be holding my breath too. Uh, I, I'm not sure that Badgley is uh, as reliable as you would like, but his stats last year were not terrible. Uh, he did a decent job, and um, hopefully, obviously, he'll do the same this year. Well, yeah, given the situation, I mean, you know, I know they were counting on um, having, uh, I think it was Judas, I can't even remember his name, but yep. uh, given the situation there, that's kind of a curveball, uh, but I didn't know if you'd seen any improvements out of him uh, over the over the summer. Uh, I have, have not seen a lot of live kicking so far this fall, you know, so it's, I can't really give you an opinion on that. And you uh you uh, mentioned uh, that Corn Elder and Artie Burns uh, really looked the part. I mean, do you see them? Uh, do you see kind of Tracy Howard uh, kind of in a similar role as uh, last year? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, I think they'll all rotate. But, you know, Corn Elder and Artie Burns have more speed than Tracy Howard. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I was just, uh, yeah, I know uh, Tracy Howard did, uh, did he even start a game last year. Uh, I think he started some, yeah. All right, Gary. Well, thanks for your time, man. That's all I got. Anytime. Give us a call again next week. All right, let's go out now to the 954, where you are now live on Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, B-Unit 1987, Alex. I was just calling to say... uh, I wonder why everyone keeps saying uh, Cincinnati is going to be considered a trap game. I mean, we got 12 days to, you know, game plan for the game. You know, um, we beat them by 21 last year. I understand it's up there at their place, but I just don't see that being, you know, well, the trap game here. It, it, it's going to be a night game, a blackout night for them. So their 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 crowd's going to be riled up. They have a veteran quarterback. Tommy Tuberville's had a year to put a defensive game plan together. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why that game, you know, is potentially going to be tough. No, I'm not going to say it's, you know, definitely not going to be tough or anything or, like, you know, walk in the park like it give me, like, you know, Cookman or something like that. But I just don't, you know, I see more of like a, uh, you know, after, um, you know, the end of the October schedule with Duke, I see that more of a trap game than I do actually with Cincy. You know what I'm saying? You have yeah, to go I through. Mean, it, you don't know. I mean, we'll, see. we'll see. I'm just saying that there, there's a number of reasons why people feel the way they feel about that game. Now, it yeah. might play out. Miami might go up there and play a great game. Like, you know, they Miami played a pretty good game against Cincinnati last year, and they might do the same this year and beat them by three touchdowns again. Um, but the quarterback is good. The head coach is a good defensive coach. And, you know, with the game being early in the year, you know he's spent a lot of time game planning and watching Miami's offense, probably much more so than he did last year. And, you know, they got a, they got a, they got a chance to make life difficult. Oh, absolutely. I totally, you know, agree with you on that 100%. Um, I just, you know, like I said, I just see other games being more of the trap game. But uh, to my next question, I was going to say um, – I know you haven't put up, like, your predictions or anything, but, like, what do you see our season results? Like, I posted a, um, you know, on your form, I posted a thread saying, you know, what are the predictions for the season? I put a, you know, eight and four. That's without, you know, if we go to the bowl game or any of that stuff. What do you, where do you see us? I mean, right now I'm having a hard time getting past eight. You know, I'm stuck yeah, on eight. I'm, I agree I'm, with you I'm on that. I'm stuck on eight also. 
Yeah, see, I see, you know, I see losses at, you know, Virginia Tech, Clemson, uh, Georgia Tech, and Pittsburgh are mine, too. I think we go to Florida State, we win this year. I think we beat Cincinnati, Nebraska. But I do think we lose to, you know, Virginia Tech and uh, Clemson. And uh, Georgia Tech's going to have that quarterback back that, you know, beat us last year, and he's going to be better than he was last year. So, and then, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, they – pretty much came in our house and slapped us around. We're going up there, and they got, you know, that running back back and that receiver. So it's just, you know, it's, yeah, it's a matter of fact. If that's a game with not a lot to play for, uh, exactly. that could that could be a tricky one, too. Because yeah, they do play thought, smash mouth. Yeah, I was going to say, and I really just don't see us, you know, winning the Coastal with, you know, Pittsburgh and, you know, like the schedule we have, you know, it would be great. You know, I'd love to see us go, you know, undefeated. If the Coastal's on the line at Pittsburgh, it'll be interesting. If the game's meaningless, meaningless, cold cold weather, uh, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I don't know. (laughs) It's going to be tough. Yeah, we got something to prove. But also another thing, though, is, you know, my trap game is the uh, uh, North Carolina game. You know, they got that really good quarterback there. It's at, you know, UNC. They've given us fits in the past. And, uh, you know, unless our defense is totally, you know, done a 180. I mean, they're going to – You don't have Denzel Perriman to run down that quarterback this year. Yeah, exactly. We don't have anyone. I mean, we got Grace who's got that – but he's like a you know he's like a safety you know trying to play linebacker you know he's like two hundred five two ten and you know running a four four that's great and everything but when you play linebacker you're not you know you're not supposed to be two ten you be more like two. Is going to probably lead the team in tackles. He's going to have spectacular moments. He's a total freak mm-hmm. athletically. And then there's also yeah. going to be plays where because of his size he's going to get blocked yeah. and have a tough time. I mean it's you know it's just the way he, it's going to be. Yeah, no, but I was going to say, uh, he's going to leave the team in tackles. I actually agree with you on that, but do you think it's going to be at the line of scrimmage behind, or is it going to well, be that's, five? That's the issue. Them? That's the uh, question. You know, he's got that's, that speed question, to catch yeah. up, but, I mean, you know, if he's not getting in the backfield, you know, that's, that's you know, kind of pointless. Now, my uh, my final question actually has to do with the uh, backup quarterback, Al Malkai. Um, Do you see us possibly running, like, you know, like a, you know, spread type of, like, offense. Not necessarily like a full-blown spread like in Oregon or something like that, but, like, something like a read option. similar. Yeah, like a read option. Yeah. I mean, the kid runs, you know, he, he's running a four, I think it was like a four-eight-something. I mean, that's decent for a no, quarterback. He's, 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 he's a four-six guy, and, uh, yes, he can yeah, run four, with the football. He, he's he's yeah. put on some weight to be able to take that pounding, and – and I think you will see that package in every game plan this season. Um, I'm not tough. sure. Not sure how right, early but, they're going to roll it out. Like I don't know if you'll see it against Bethune. Um, I don't know if you'll see it against uh, FAU. Um, my guess is by the Nebraska game you'll see it. Yeah. Um, and it'll be in every game plan. I was thinking the same thing, kind of like a surprise uh, package to keep the uh, defensive coordinators yeah, just something to change Wolver- it up every now and then. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And then Give them something thinking, else to think about. Exactly. And then uh, the last, or not the last call, the call before that, he had touched in on some of the recruits we had lost, you know, like Dalvin Cook and, you know, like Thomas and all those guys. It's almost kind of a good thing that we ended up with Yearby instead of Cook. I mean, if you look at it from, you know, where I'm standing at, I'd much rather have a guy that, you know, like Yearby where, you know, maybe he's not as productive yard-wise and everything, but, you know, a good guy and, you know, coming in and giving all this effort and, you know, instead of being up in Tallahassee and, 
you know, hitting people in the face, you know, females and stuff in the face. You know, it's just uh, I think they actually got the better uh, draw on that one. And, you know, sometimes all these uh, high, you know, star athletes, they go in there and they just think they can do whatever they want. And a uh, perfect example of that is the FSU. You know, you're looking at it and they got like, you know, tons of players in uh, trouble. And I'm kind of glad they didn't come to Miami. Yeah, It just kind of saves us the headache. Yep, you're right. Uh, All right, anything and, else? Uh, any, you got anything else tonight? Well, I was going to say besides that, no, really, man, I really appreciate it. It was my first call in, a little nervous and everything. But, uh, oh, no, don't yeah, be nervous. No. You, did, you did great, and give us a call again next week. Absolutely. Have a great show, Gary. Appreciate listening you to you. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, we're, we're going to go rapid fire here, try to get uh, some more guys on before the show. Uh, try to keep your comments brief, and uh, we'll see how many we can get on. I'll even go over time a little bit. So let's go to... The uh, 501, you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is Alex up in Arkansas, man. Hey, what's up, Alex? Talk to us. How you doing? Listen, man, I just wanted to uh, piggyback on a couple of comments that I've heard uh, tonight. Um, I know everybody's kind of been, you know, as a Kane fan, man, I'm just kind of, I'm not used to this because I'm not able to talk noise or brag or anything and, Man, I'm kind of scared to death to even start bragging up here, especially with the record that Arkansas had last year. They're going to be dogging me out. But what I want to know from you – I think they're going to be one of the surprise teams in college football this year. they got a tough tough schedule, though. Exactly. They're going to be good this year. You watch. Well, this is what I want to ask you. Um, In the time that you've been out there since practice has started, is there anything that you've seen that can kind of maybe – maybe uh, give us some hope that things may be better than yeah. it was last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can only tell you what I see that I like. And and, and I, I, I love what I'm seeing from the quarterbacks. I love what I'm seeing from the running backs. I like the I like the, the, the top four or so receivers. Um, I, I, I think those guys are all very, very, very good. Um, I like what I'm seeing from the tight end eighth back position. Um, and I like what I'm seeing from the deep. I think the the weak spots are defensive line, offensive line, and linebackers, and, and that's where I'm most concerned. But uh, hope, yeah. I mean, th- th- there's going to be times where this is an exciting football team. I think they're going to have the capability of scoring a lot of points on offense. See what happens. Got to do better in the well, red zone. Got to do better on third down. Well, as a as a fan that doesn't have the the access to go watch practice and stuff like that. My my mind is just totally relied upon on what what you get a chance to see as far as what they're putting out. Um, one thing that kind of sticks out to me is we don't have like a whole bunch of game breakers, you know, and no. that kind of sticks out to me. You know, you game changes instantly. Cover up all your warts. I agree with that. And and so, that that kind of sticks out to me. I really wish the group that they have now that's really. Uh, taking care of the publicity. If we had a heck of a coaching staff and was doing better record-wise, my goodness, you couldn't ask for a better group to publicize your brand as far as putting the U out there because those guys do a really good job. But this is my final question what I want to ask you. I, I heard you say just a minute ago that you're looking at right at about eight wins. My question is, is that eight going to be enough to save Golden? I don't know. I mean, if they're not in Charlotte, it might not. Oh man, that see that's not good. 
because then you're starting all over again. Hopefully, See, I it's not from you that. I, you know, I agree with you. I, I mean, and and that's why just it's been kind of painful to see Al Golden unable to will himself to to make some major moves that you know, and he only needs to make a few of them that that would allow him to to maybe go to the next level and. You're absolutely right. It is not in Miami's interest to have to start all over again. And and I still think this is a two or three year rebuild, even if Nick Saban comes in here. Well, maybe two years. <laughs> maybe two years with Nick Saban. It, it would be two years with Nick Saban. Um, it might be three years with somebody else who does a great job. But, you know, the, the best thing for Miami would be for Al Golden to be successful. The The, the problem is, and the question is, is has he done enough to give himself that chance? And that's what's in question. Well, I know I heard you say earlier that he's one to he's pretty much just going down with the guys that he knows. But I mean, anybody anybody knows if you got if you got a bear, you don't want to try to tame him and have him out here doing circus tricks. You want to let him be what he is naturally, and that's a bear. So if you got a bunch of guys who are more used to playing aggressive style of football, you don't want to tame them and have them doing read and react stuff if they used to getting up the field and causing havoc. Yeah, so I think, it's, you, know, it's beyond that. That. you know, everyone talks about that. It's it's way beyond that. It's it's the capability to recruit on a national level and, and get an appropriate level of talent in, into the program. It's the capability of making adjustments during football games and, 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 and being able to – change the game with your coaching abilities um, during the heat of battle. We don't have that. No, we I mean, don't have that. It's way more than just, oh, are we lining up with three defensive linemen or four defensive linemen? Are we allowing the cornerbacks to play man? Um, because I'm not sure they've had the personnel to do any of that either, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, you know, I think the biggest deficiencies on defense have been recruiting. I, I don't think they're recruiting enough impact players. I think they're wasting way too many scholarships. I think they're trying to play way too many guys on Saturdays that they're not, they can't, even, even if they were the greatest coaches in the world, I'm not sure that they could get as many guys ready to play on Saturday as they're trying to get ready to play. And I think it's all contributing to a very average performance on the defensive side of the ball, despite the fact that they look at yards per game and say that we were the number 14 defense in the country last year. I mean, exactly. you know, they, you know, I'm just I don't buy into those stats uh, because a lot of it is it, it is dependent on how many plays teams are running. Like you know, the Georgia Tech game last year, um, they were doing it five yards at a time, but they they kept the ball the entire first quarter. I mean, they Miami. Sure one, I, think, I, I think Miami, if I remember, had one possession in the first and one possession in the, in the second. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, so yeah, the yards weren't ridiculous, but the offense wasn't part of the football game to the degree that it needed to be. So I think it's way beyond all that. Um, and you know, we'll see what happens this year. Maybe it'll be a little different, but uh, I don't see why it would be different. Like, what's changed? Well. I know that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm on there reading everything that you put on there, and I noticed that sometimes you refer to them having, like, kids that really shouldn't even be recruited to come to Miami. And without naming names, give me a number of how many kids you see out there that really shouldn't even be at Miami, just a number-wise. I mean, I'd have to I'd have to 
down the roster to give you an exact number based on my opinion. Um, I'm going to ballpark it at 10 right now, maybe. Wow. Okay. You know? I'd have to go one by one and, 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 and to give you a real number, and I, I can't do that while we're doing the show. But um, Okay. Okay. If you if you email me, you know, at canesport at bellsouth.net, you really want an answer to that question, I'll go down the roster and give you a number, at least from my perspective. Well, Gary, I appreciate everything, man. I'm going to call you back again next week, okay? Do that. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Again, rapid fire. We're going to go a couple more minutes. Let's go to the 949. You are live on Canesport Live. Yeah, hello? Yes, sir. That's you. Yeah, Gary, I've got a couple questions for you here. I'm going to take this a, a different angle than uh, callers calling in saying, well, what if we win nine, ten games, eight games? If we do win that amount because of a quarterback, because let's be honest, if we get to that point, if we win that many games, it's because of Brad Kyle. It's not because of Al Golden. We've seen what he is when he has an average team. He can't develop players. So what my right, but let's, give, is, let's give him credit because he hired James Coley, who's a very good recruiter, and he gave James Coley the keys to go out and pick his quarterbacks, and James Coley's done a great job. So, you know, Al deserves some of the credit for that. Right, but we all know that without another superstar quarterback right after Brad Kaya, we're going to go right back down to average ACC team. Well, so I've got my a column is, that you'll see on canesport.com in the morning, and and I say this might be on the verge of becoming QBU again because um, I really like what I see from Jack Allison, and um, there, there's another kid that they're recruiting now for 2017 by the name of Tyler Lytle um, who likes Miami a lot, and I really like what I see of him too. So um, Coley is on the cusp here of you know developing a, a quarterback pipeline, and the, and the kid he brought in this year, Evan Sharifs, um, doesn't look too bad either. Well, that's fine. I mean, uh, I'm never going to complain about having good quarterbacks. My, let me ask this question, though. If we do win eight, nine, ten games, which I really doubt, but if we do, is that going to make Golden say, hey, maybe I need to go somewhere else, take another job where there's less pressure, and I'm not on such a hot seat and hated by the city? Absolutely could happen. I, I, I totally acknowledge that possibility. I don't see any signs that he doesn't love my, you know, being at Miami, but I, I, you know, he's a very smart guy and I'm sure there's a part of him that sees that it's not the perfect fit for him. And if he did get an opportunity to go to a school in the Northeast, you know, like a Maryland or Boston College or Rutgers or one of those, I would not be shocked in the least if that happened. Because this is what I see. Now, this is a, this is exaggerating, probably making it sound like Brad Kyle is better than he is. But what I see is if we do go out and we win more games than we should, it's like a Gus Malzahn, at, or not Gus Malzahn, Gene Chizik at Auburn. He won a national championship with Cam Newton, had an all-star quarterback. Well, what happened when he left? It just it, it hit the fan. Yep. So uh, my next comment, I'll get off here so you can get somebody else on on the uh, on the call. I wouldn't discount Nebraska. I see a lot of people coming in here and saying, "Well, we're going to beat Nebraska." Even you've seen we absolutely can beat Nebraska. I know you guys live on the East Coast. I watch a lot of Oregon State when Mike Riley was there. He consistently beat USC, Pete Carroll's USC teams, and out coached Pete Carroll's teams with far less talent. 
So when you're Very comparing good coach. Mike Riley and Al Golden, when you're comparing Mike Riley and Al Golden, huge, huge coaching advantage for Nebraska. Everybody in the world was afraid Mike Riley was going to take the USC job and really turn them into something really, really special. He's never had a he's never had a team where he had really good talent. He was stuck at Oregon State. So now you now he inherits a Nebraska team that is a tough team. They've had Bo Pelini the past few years at nine and three. My honest opinion is they're gonna kick our ass. But you know, I'll get off the phone. I'll well, let you have other people in there. They did last year. <laughs> and yeah. and you know now they have a better coach. I know some people up there and, and, and the staff that they had last year was absolutely stunned at the way that they were allowed to run their offense. And the, they they didn't even use 75% of their offensive game plan because they, they were just running running plays, and they had Miami outnumbered on every at every point of attack. And uh, Miami never adjusted, never brought up safeties, and they didn't have to throw the football hardly at all. And uh, it was one of the worst coached defensive games I've ever seen in my 35-plus years of covering college football. And yeah, yeah, you know, and I, so, I know it would shock a lot of East Coast people to hear it, but it's very possible Mike Riley's the best coach we face all year long. He's yeah, just such he, an unknown being at Oregon you, State. No, you're not wrong. He's a very good coach, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I know you know he he doesn't really have the right kind of quarterback for what he likes to do. Tommy Armstrong is okay, but he's not what they typically would would go to war with, you know, in terms of Mike Riley's offense and the things he likes to do. So we'll see. See what happens. Brad Kite, one, one, more quick, one, one more quick comment. It is so rare to have a quarterback with the skills that Brad Kai had displayed as a freshman. You agree, right? Correct. It, it is It's a, just a shame that we're wasting such a good quarterback on a coaching staff that's they're going to be out the door. 95% well. chance. All right, but you're not wasting him yet. It's, it's it's year two. You know, let's see how he let's see how year two goes. Um, I think it's premature to say he's being wasted. Okay. You know, I mean, right. you know, you yeah, get to year three, you get to year three, and you're still stuck in six, seven wins or something like that. You know, you know, now that's a legit issue. But you know, right well, now, I'd I think no. I think we can all agree. Best case scenario, we win eight, nine games this year. Golden takes some job at some crap school in the Northeast. We bring somebody in here who actually understands the Miami culture, like Cristobal, like Butch Davis, who can really take us to the next level because Golden can't. We know it. Everybody knows that. So I'll get off here now, man. I'll let you get some more people on the phone. All right. Hey, thanks for being part of the show, and uh, give us a call again next week. Thanks. All right. Let's do a final call of the night. Let's go out to the 850. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yes, Are you with us? That's you. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is Andre Moore. I've been in Tallahassee, Florida. How you doing tonight, Andre? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Canes fan, living in, in, in enemy territory. But um, and I've been you know disappointed like other Canes fans for the last five, six years or more. But um, I'm I'm optimistic because I this is for the first time going into camp. I hear Coach Golden and D'Onfrio talking about they're excited about this defense. Uh, I know the secondary is talented and they're pretty solid. Um, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll probably get some real production out of the defensive line with the 
addition of Coach Melvin, and I, I want your thoughts on that. You know, I, I, Melvin is, is is a good technique coach. He, he's he's a good teacher, uh, and he's a technician, and he, and he and he tries to to work his kids in that way. Uh, I'm not sure he brings enough emotion to the table. Uh, I'm not sure he's really going to be that significantly different than Jethro Franklin. Um, time time will tell. Um, but in terms of a sound like technician type football coach, um, he's an experienced guy, and I, I think that's his calling card. Um, but, you know, like I said, again, um, I'd like to see a little more emotion. I'm not sure he's going to make a major impact in recruiting. Okay. Okay. Um, another thing I want to touch on is um, I, I believe with, um, Brad Kai, we got one of the um, um, better young quarterbacks in, in the country, in, in my opinion. Uh, we got some skilled players around him. I know we lost, you know, Dorsett and Duke and Clyde Walford. But I think we got some skilled players around that can make some plays. Um, he's the type of quarterback and they can put the ball where, where guys can make plays. I know I think I'm confident Art Kehoe can get the offensive line pretty jill. But I'm going into uh, Nebraska-Florida State game or Cincinnati-Florida State game. I, for, the, for the first time in a while, I actually believe we can come to Tallahassee and compete well enough and keep the game close enough to maybe we got a chance to win that game. Um, the other games that really concern me are Georgia Tech and Clemson. Um, but uh, and, and and the thing of it is, Gary, I'm I'm like I'm kind of torn because you know in one way I, I like Al Golden, he's a nice guy. I just I just feel like he's a northeastern type of coach. He doesn't really fit. Um, you know, my, the culture of Miami football in, 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 in a deep in South Florida, and and so if he if we struggle again with another you know, uh, mediocre season, he, he probably will be gone. But then we're, that that means we'll be starting over. And then who do we hire? Now, granted, when Al came and got the job, and with the Nevin Shapiro thing, Miami with, with facilities, we didn't have the infrastructure to really withstand that. I think he did a good job trying to hold on and, and get some recruits and kind of help fill the team until he got the you know facilities a little upgraded, but. Again, still, I just don't think him and Deion Farrell, they aren't, they aren't, I'm not saying they're bad coaches. I think they just don't fit down here. I mean, down, you know, I just don't think they're a good fit. And what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think that's been what everyone's been saying for a few years. You know, I mean, they're, and they haven't done anything to, to change those perceptions. So um, probably their last shot to do so this year. I mean, obviously the results must be better. And uh, we'll begin to find out in a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. And and, and how, how you feel about this season? Just just your gut feeling uh, from what you've seen or what you heard. Um, what, what's your gut feeling about this season? You know, I, I I see it maybe as about an eight win team. I think that's what they were last year. I think they were about an eight win team last year. Um, I don't see how they can be better than that. Uh, you know, they. With the guys they've lost, I'm not sure they're replacing them with better players. Uh, so I'm stuck at around eight wins. You know, uh, I just I don't think they have enough impact players on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, and with, now with the, with that eight win prediction, do you, do you do you agree with me? You think we can come up here to Tallahassee and and uh, compete and have a, a oh, shot absolutely. to win that game? They, they, there's yeah. no game that they play this year that they should be totally outclassed. I felt that way last year, too. I mean, every game is going to stand on its own two feet. But the question is, how many of them are they good enough to win? You know, and and that's, yeah. you know, that's what we'll have to see. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate right, man. the time. Give man. us a call again next week. All right, guys. Great show tonight. Um, glad we worked out this phone line deal. I think the new system worked great. Um, so thank you, everybody, for cooperating on that. We had enough phone lines. We could, we got most people that wanted to talk on the show. I know there's a few of you guys that we missed. Give us a call next week, and we'll try to get you on then. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday night with a new episode of Kane Sport Live. Thank you, everybody, for being part of the show. Thank you.